Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. So I apologize for the timing of this podcast. A lot of you guys uh, and gals count on our uh, Sunday review show, or rather our Monday morning review show coming out fairly quickly so you guys can listen to what we think about your teams and, and that sort of thing and hear us have fun in studio. And in this case, we were in Las Vegas this weekend for the entirety of the weekend. Bo, myself, um, I was out there with Sam Bradford, Cowboy Reed was out there. The whole gang was out there. Almost a lot of the gang was out there. And uh, we had a great weekend. We had a lot of fun. And it culminated in finishing our show, uh, or actually doing our show a little bit early on a Sunday night, which is not what we usually do. And doing that in that shiny blue wire studio, which is awesome, fun. Um, And uh, we had Robert Mathis come through the whole thing. And we had a blast. And obviously, that all changed as soon as we stopped recording. And. and so it complicated when we wanted to put that podcast out. If you're not familiar uh, with the events that transpired in Charlottesville, my hometown, um, this Sunday night, three bright, talented, awesome young men um, who played football for the University of Virginia were shot dead uh, on, a, on a bus coming home from a field trip. And that word kind of came down Sunday night late in Vegas and obviously the middle of night in Virginia there were bits and pieces of what was coming out. Um, and the way it went down was we finished taping this pod and the news kind of came up and it was a, there's an active shooter and there's some people died. And then as I'm walking back to, you know, the room, uh, essentially, um, I get a call that Lavelle Davis is one of the victims and Lavelle Davis, was not only an amazing football player, he was an amazing human being. He really was. Uh, I got to know him through probably one of my best friends in the world, Marcus Hagens, who's the wide receivers coach at Virginia. And I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning Lavelle first because he's who I knew the best. Um, all three of these guys, Devin, Deshaun, Lavelle, Mike Hollins, who's still in the hospital, out of surgery now. We're, we're praying he's okay. 
running back on that team. Um, all these guys are great kids. But I got to know Lavelle a little bit, and um, I got the call walking through the casino that you know he didn't make it, and he was one of the kids. And uh, at that point, I think you know when something like this happens, and it happens a lot in this country, and terrible things happen all over the world every day. And you know, like you read people with close proximity to these these tragedies and they'll use words like numb or crushed or devastated and until you're searching for the words to use the way I was searching for the words to to say sitting in that hotel room staring at the the fucking wall the whole night with my wife Meg I mean we were just numb I've heard numb before but I've never felt it um like that and um i did not have any words and for much of yesterday i did not have words i still don't have any fucking real like i still don't have any words like i'm just talking right now but i i don't know what to say um i think it takes being close to something like this to like i will never read an adjective like numb or broken or devastated again and think and think the same because like before this those were words you try to empathize with people you know it's terrible you know it's horrible but until something like this happens close to home or in my hometown or two people I know um, and you have to search for the words you really don't know the gravity of those words so when I say numb it's with a capital N you know it's it's the feeling of it's the feeling of just being stuck sitting I you sat on the bed for three hours you know I don't think Meg and I said 15 words to each other the only words Meg said to me was she looked down at her phone and fucking she gasped and I was like what now and two more players didn't make it and I know as bad as I'm feeling there's a whole lot of people that Lavelle Davis um, and these other guys, Deshaun and, and, and um, Devin, who transferred from Wisconsin. So there's this family he's got up in Madison. Now there's a family he's got in Charlottesville. You know, being on a football team is good and all that. And sometimes there's a tragedy you can draw closer. But being on a football team the shock waves just reverberate in a million different directions and there's a hundred different points of connection. and You've got a family so large, the support system so large, but so many people get crushed by this. And you know, one of my best friends in the world, um, Marcus Hagens and his wife Lauren, they're amazing people. Marcus is the wide receivers coach at the University of Virginia. And I'm gonna be honest, my son was staying at their house Sunday night um, with his two best friends. Him and Luke are best friends with Christopher and Jackpot, their two kids, who are wonderful kids. And, um, you know, somebody's banging that door down at two in the morning to, to deliver that news. And as bad as I felt for just knowing Lavelle a little bit, what a bright, promising young kid he was and a real good football player and a great future ahead of him. Um, Marcus and Lauren lost like another son. Um, 
Marcus and Lauren and those kids, those kids lost a big brother and uncle, somebody who's been around their house countless times, somebody who's been around that family so much over the course of the last couple of years. Because for somebody like Marcus and for a lot of college coaches and you know, if it's like James Laronitis reaching out to me, like, hope you're okay, buddy. I'm just thinking about, he knows exactly how this might feel. Because to be a coach, to be a college coach, you spend so much time with these kids, they become like members of your family. And I haven't even begun to mention the families, the actual families of these kids who have to come into town to identify the bodies. Because that's the reality after something like this. These people have to drive or fly into town on short notice and 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 identify the bodies of their children so as numb as i felt i never want to imagine and nor can i imagine the feeling that somebody with that degree of proximity to this situation feels you know we used to go to the indoor in the winter time i mean we still do my kids go to the indoor with with the higgins boys to play in the winter when there's nothing else to do and Lavelle was always in there, and he was always doing extra, and he was always working hard, and he was such a bright, mature, inquisitive young man. Somebody that if Lavelle Davis was my family member, uh, I w- it would have been one of those things where I'm like, I'm so proud of this kid, the way he handles himself, the way, and, and so many college athletes are like that. They deal with so much. You know, these kids, these kids are coming home from a field trip, doing, doing the work, they're, they're busting Doing their extra ass. on the weekend yeah. after a football game on Saturday. That they lost. The team threw two pick, six, pick sixes the first two plays. The, the team is not playing well. The team is not playing for a bowl game. These kids are doing everything they can. And you wind up dead because you go to a field trip. And, you know, as you get older in life, Reed, and we were talking about this, like, you lose people. The older I've gotten... That's just the way it is. Like, people die because they get sick. People die of, you know, people die in car accidents. People die in accidents. People, bad shit happens. Like, that's, the older you get, the more you realize that, like, life is totally a a coin with two sides. And I can live with a lot of things, and the realities of life are really harsh, but this is not a, this should not be a reality of life, that if you send your kid to school, um, to play college football or, you, you know, whatever it may be that you're kissing them goodbye because of gun violence. Um, this, sh- this is not natural. This is, I can't shrug this off like this is supposed to happen. These kids, are, these kids had their whole fucking lives ahead of them. And they were so impactful in this community. You Hugely mentioned Lavelle. Hugely impactful. Lavelle was the groundskeepers, the stuff that Marcus and those coaches had worked with these players and it was player-led, like a lot of the social justice issues they took up. Um, they were the leaders of tomorrow. And, and we, you heard and from they, these other fellow students, from yeah. some of their professors, how great they were in the classroom, how good they were in the locker room, yeah. how they were exemplary teammates. Um, your heart just goes out to them. And they're gone, just like that. And that's the thing. I'm I'm on the porch last night, and I'm I'm just like, where are they? They're just gone, man. And that's the reality of like, there's no way to wrap your head around death in the first place. But when somebody's life is taken from them, and you know, I'm all about like, hey, life is precious. Be be appreciative every day. You never know. You could wake up, it could be your last. Lavelle Davis's last post was, 
you know, uh, when you're thinking about quitting, there's somebody up in heaven that wants you to keep going. And it's heartbreaking that now somebody has to say that to his teammates. You know, um, it's an unfair burden for these guys. And I don't know if the season's going to continue. It, frankly, it doesn't fucking matter. It's so small compared to life and, and death and, and what happened to these kids. My take on it is this. Kids, kids should decide what they want to do because there's no shame in either decision. Um, Thanksgiving is coming. You know, the holidays are coming. It's so hard to lose people around the holidays. This first Thanksgiving, all these Thanksgivings and Christmases forever are going to change for, for Lavelle's family and for Devin's family and for, for Deshaun's family and for Mike and for all these guys on the team that think about, you know, that, that empty seat, you know? And like I said, you know, like as soon as we got off the plane yesterday, those, those Hagen's boys are with, with me and my family. And so I can't pass up the conversation with my six-year-old. So my son Waylon, who loves Mario Kart and fucking American Ninja Warrior, and I mean, he likes school. Like he's just so, he, he, these kids are so pure. But I gotta, I gotta explain what happened exactly as it happened because I can't sugarcoat it um, because I don't. There's no escape. I can't hide from it. His best friends can't hide from it. So how how is he gonna be able to hide from it? So how do you do that? And as you explain something like this explicitly to a six year old, and I'm sure many of you have to do that at different times when something tragic happens. You know, but explaining a, a mass shooting to your kids and the fact that, hey, you've met this guy who's no longer with us and guns and bad people and guns are dangerous. And like, these are conversations that when you talk them out, it just, it just outlines how ridiculous this situation is that anybody's life ends this way. Explain this to a kid and you'll really you'll really realize how fucking insane this is. So there's no escape for people. And, and, and that's, that's the reality around here right now. It's gonna be a hard week. It's gonna be a hard month. It's gonna be a hard year. For a lot of people, it's never gonna be the same. I know for, for, for Marcus, it might not ever be the same. You know, that guy pours everything into his job and it's more than a job for him. It, you know, he, it's family. They, these kids are like family. And I know it's the same for all the guys that I play with on that staff. And I know it's probably the same for Tony Elliott. And it's probably, and there's just so many people. Being on a football team, you got a huge support staff. But everybody's also got to wear this and feel it. And it's not just, you know, it's the students are at the vigil and it's wonderful and, and they admire these guys on the field. And they might have had a class with them. But these are these a lot of people lost family members, whether they you know whether they had the same last name or they wore the same uniform, it's all the same in, in college football. I mean the bonds are so close, and so number one, I'm appreciative of everybody that reached out, you know um, whether it was Virginia Tech people. I mean they've been through it. They've been through some crazy shit there, and I can I'll never forget being on 
you know, being a Virginia player and watching that and just wanting to reach out and give our rivals a hug, you know, and I appreciate those people in Blacksburg who are doing the same for us. And I appreciate, you know, whether it's Marcus Freeman saying something or, you Brian know, Kelly. Yep. I mean, LSU. Like, it's, you know, in moments like this, you realize how much we need each other. And um, I know it's cliche, but that's kind of why I'm even coming into work. I'm not placing any degree of self-importance on the work we do, but when I got home, I wanted to fucking hide, dude. I wanted to, when I got on that plane, when I went back to my room Sunday night and just felt those feelings and sat there, I just, I wanted to take my kids and go somewhere where my family could be safe and just live our lives. Like the thoughts in my head when something like this happens are just, what's the point of it all? The point is it's the people you love and it's keeping them safe. And the, the reality is you can't guarantee anything as we've talked about, but hiding and running away is not an option. And you know, like there's so many people in this awesome community and we've been through a fucking lot, dude. And so like part of it is like not again, but we've been through stuff before. We'll get through this one. It's gonna hurt. And part of it is work is a bit of a distraction for me. And it's also a distraction for some people that are listening. And I just think like maybe there's somebody going through something like this, you know, um, at home. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Maybe this, they're sick. Maybe they, I mean, I get messages sometimes read from people that are like, I appreciate what y'all do. You guys put a smile on my face. Even when I hate work, and you know I hate work a lot here sometimes, because I, I get tired of talking about shit and having to answer the bell and fucking turn on the microphone every day. But like, if I don't do this this, this week, maybe somebody's like, well, you know, that was my escape. You know, I was sitting there last night watching Midnight Sports Center, and I was telling you this, like, I am wiped, right? Um, it's been a long couple days, and just sitting there watching Scott and Steve, I found myself smiling. Um, bad beats, right? A lot of bad beats this weekend. And what it did for me was at, at 12, 15 in the morning or whatever it was, was I, for the first time the entire day, because as soon as I landed from Vegas, I'm with, I'm with those Hagen's boys and like, there's no escape. Like, you know, there's, those kids are troopers, man. But you know, you, Hey, what's, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Well, Lavelle was supposed to come over. Like there's no escaping this thing and there won't be uh, any escape in this thing. But like in the moments where we can escape, I think people should be encouraged to escape. You know, I think it's okay to cry. I think it's okay to laugh. I think it's okay to, 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 to take time to yourself. I think everybody grieves differently. Uh, so whether you're grieving something else or you live in Charlottesville or you're a Virginia fan or you knew some of these young men who were amazing, amazing people and there is no replacing them and there's no fixing this for a lot of people. It's just the reality. Some things happen in life and there's no fucking fixing it forever. Um, you should take the time to check out of whatever madness you're dealing with. And for me last night, it was, it was bad beats. It's something as simple as that. I found myself smiling. And so, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to come into work the rest of the week. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing great, but there's a lot of people who are doing a lot worse than me in this situation and who listen to this pod. And so the least we can do is just keep the lights on 
And um, I just wanted to explain to you why we didn't have the pot out Monday and why, you know, we were having such a good time Sunday night. We had no idea what happened. And so we'll continue to try to laugh. We'll continue to try to pick you up. We'll try to pick ourselves up. But um, people here are not okay. And um, and that's there's there's no making it better. But it's nice that people try, and 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 that's the point is we got to try to lean on each other until it is better. Or at least it's, we're able to stomach it. Um, so I appreciate people that send messages. I appreciate you know love we've gotten from people. Um, and just know that there's some people that are really hurting, and they're not okay. And they there's some people that'll never be. That's the gravity of taking somebody's life. I mean, you're you're not just destroying that life, you're destroying a lot of other people and there's there's layers to this thing. It's it's been a bad week and uh I just wanted to explain to you what's been going on. So, um there are GoFundMe's yeah. out there for these these kids, uh, yep. there are events around Charlottesville mm -hmm. uh, within the UVA community. So please, uh, you know, support where you can, how you can. Um, we'll all need it. Lavelle Davis, 20 years old. Devin Chandler, 20 years old. Um, Sean Perry, 22 years old, whatever. It's, it's not just too soon. It's, it should never end like this. For anybody and um, and I know some people want me to talk about solutions and 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 uh, get mad at people and I'm not doing it and that's my right and it's the right of anybody else in this not this week I just want to be sad about it and and uh, and so you know there'll be a day to talk about that and certainly some some other people can parse how we might find a solution so this doesn't happen again. But this week I'm not doing that. Um, I'm just here to support the people that are doing a lot worse than me. And there are plenty of them. And so my condolences to those, those families and, and rest in peace. Those three guys were amazing guys. Um, they not only had bright careers on the football field, but outside of the football field, they were great students. Complete they, human beings, dude. Complete human beings. And we lost them. So um, next time you hear words like numb, devastated, crushed, and you're like, oh, that, that sounds terrible, it feels even worse than it sounds. And uh, hopefully there's something that can be done. So after this, we'll get into our recap from Vegas. We'll talk to Robert Mathis on the Indianapolis-Las Vegas game and then Macon talks to Nicole Auerbach afterwards okay guys Chris <laughs> why don't y'all do the fucking show because it's so goddamn easy you guys got it okay here What's we up, go Bo? Here how we you go. doing <laughs> this is a Bo and Sam pod there you go hey no we, we started the pod we started the pod yeah I'm gonna start the pod this way I'm gonna set the fucking scene I'm about ready to break through the glass here <laughs> at um at Blue Wire Studios it looks like it's like triple pain but I think I could run through it right now prove it Sunday night <laughs> Bo's got a boot full of beer. I got yeah, one of my best friends in the world, Sam Bradford, in the building. He, uh, Whoa, I'm, I'm right here, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's making it. Sammy B is making his green light debut. Sam, one of these days, we're going to actually have a like a, 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 a you know proper sit down. Okay. 
But tonight we're just going to talk about foosball. That's all we're good for, bro. And how I'm much thinking, fun we had in the sports book. I think, I think we're just trying to – yeah, like let's just take the stress <laughs> off of you tonight. Me and Bo got yeah. this. Why don't you guys, talk, instead, you guys instead, do the instead, fucking show? Instead, instead yeah. of running through the glass, there's a door right there. Yeah. No, well, here's the thing. Here's hey. what's happening here. You go to dinner. <laughs> here's we'll what's do this, here. and then we'll here's meet you here. Here. It's no big deal. Everybody knew. Everybody knew that we had to do this show Sunday night, last night in Vegas. We're leaving butt crack at dawn in the morning. So – um, you know, I haven't eaten in quite a while. We can't tell. Right. So, um, we have to, you know, Sammy B wanted to do dinner after this. Bo, yeah. you want to do dinner I too. Do, it's my birthday I mean, tomorrow, People Chris. eat dinner. It's yeah. like, 1 a.m. Like on the like. <laughs> 1 a.m. on, that's, time has no meaning in Vegas. Oh, yeah, except for when you guys want to go home early. <laughs> so you just, like, you just don't eat in Vegas? Like, you just come and skip? So, largely what I do. Bro, you know this. You've been coming to Vegas and we you know, You know me. I'll get, you know, I'm, I'm, hey, some chicken tenders to the room. You know, the whole thing, like. I go to dinner more when I'm with Sam than than ever. I do. I, I don't, don't remember the the one year. It's been a long time, but we spent a lot of time in the sports book. Yeah, and all you ate was like potato like <laughs> latkes or something. Oh, they were really good. Bro. I don't even know what it was. They were really like, good. Well, yeah, here's the thing in Vegas. It like, was like what? seven orders. You start to eat something and then like your bets hit and you're like, fuck, I guess that's what I'm eating. You yeah. Know? Or no, you're I mean, or you're at the club or like whatever, and you know you you, you sleep until as long as you can we get you know read sometimes will be like hey 7 a.m i'm going to the buffet i haven't been in fucking buffet once no me neither hey we're just gonna stay up i've been night. there once stay up go okay, to the so buffet oh, yeah. Reed, come on so here's, so here's what's happening okay if i go to dinner i am gonna i'm gonna punish you guys by getting you so fucking drunk Chris, we're it's gonna my be birthday out until tomorrow the, until it's his birthday tomorrow it's, it was <laughs> sam's birthday last so, week so if i go to dinner will, okay if i go to dinner here's the deal no, not if. here's the no, deal we're gonna make we're, if we're, i go to a 10 o'clock it's not if like if i go to it no if i go to a mediterranean dinner with you motherfuckers mediterranean why like is it mediterranean at 10 o'clock 1 a.m no we're in we're in the vegas is the mediterranean okay we're like on the amalfi coast dudes are eating at 2 a.m they're just eating pasta all right so if I go to dinner with y'all till 3 a.m. East well, Coast time, because I, I got to get, you know, we all have time kids. Time doesn't have meeting in Vegas. You then y'all y'all can't go home until I go home tonight. You can't return to your room until I But you have to gamble to with us. Yeah. Like, sure, Bo and I are sure, going sure, to gamble. Sure. I will. Chris, Sam and I have been vibing on the table. Like, like, we've been, we've been having a great time. We've been having fun. We've been you having a good time. You don't go to win. You just go to buy memories. Yeah, like, guys, literally. I want to make sure we understand the terms of this deal. If I go to dinner and have to pay a bunch of money to eat something I could eat that they just deliver to the room in 30 minutes, I could eat an edible. It's not watch a room, movie. room service is like the laziest form of Uber Eats. It's not as good, bro. It's great. The you had room service for breakfast. It's good, but there's a okay. point of no return with so room service just, where you're like, okay, I've done room service for like five meals in a row. And I have. Because yeah, I, mean, I barely have. eaten while I've been here. Okay. So here's the deal. If I go to dinner, I don't care if it's gambling or what we're doing. But y'all are not going back to the room till I say I'm Chris, going back. It's to my the room. fucking birthday, my okay. boy. I'm in. Is that a deal? Okay. Deal? Deal. Okay. We're gonna be out till five in the morning. But that's yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Is, bro. Okay. I will say the last I mean, time we were in see. Vegas, I woke up to a text at I woke up at nine AM to a text from Chris, timestamped at six AM said I'm going to bed now. Yeah, well, I gotta let the young boy impressive. know. Reed was yeah, out yeah. here, young boy. <laughs> the third night, Reed was like, "No moss." <laughs> I was like, you know, like yeah, I can still do it, but you know, tonight I wanted to be a peaceful man. I want to go back to my room. I could tell but you guys brought it out. Me, I'm, <laughs> I'm, shows violence. It's gonna be four a.m. It's gonna be five a.m., bro. 
Okay, that's good. We got that out of the way. Why do we and have to set like a time though? Like, how about we just like see where the night goes? We have fun. Oh, we do our deal. Well, see where Sam, the night goes. You know, I think what Sam's saying is like we might be on a heater at the table. <laughs> like literally, like yeah. what? Okay. I mean, if you're on a heater, why do we have to set a time though? Like, I don't. Time. Time. I'm not I don't setting a time. That. I'm not saying. I don't Chris, know how long say, dinner's you gonna say, be. Hey, Bo, you're going home and I go home. I'm. I'm I'll just you're get going on home, dude. We're all. Hey, you know, like when they when they we're gonna we're gonna give out a Miller Lite mention for whoever can stay out the longest between you three. I'm not going to bed. Hey, you know when preschoolers, they're walking on the side of the road, which looks pretty fucking unsafe anyways because they're by the side of the road, okay? Take them fucking, you know, the path or something off the side of a 35 mile, but they're all tied together. That's how y'all are going to be with me tonight. No, Chris is going to be the leash kid. We're gonna, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, like I'm Vegas not sure. Adult, I don't understand that. It's an adult amusement park. <laughs> I mean, is what Vegas is. We right? are tethered. We just okay. had a conversation where you told me you do what you want to do. Like, I do what I want to do. So, like... So I'm That's not going just, to dinner. I don't need to pay, you know, $8 billion to eat a little piece of fish. And, I'm hungry, bro. You don't okay. want to hang out with us, though? Uh, can, can we watch a movie? I want to hang out the with you. Watch, watch a movie? A movie? Just, Let's go back to the room and watch a movie. Just three dudes <laughs> watching a movie. Huh? Vegas. I, mm, I'm probably right, out. So this is going to be a fun night. Yeah, I can't okay. wait. I'm in. My speed just what changed. What movie are we watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, cool, cool, cool. So we watched a lot of football today. Well, here's the thing. We're at the sports book, and there's nine games going on at once. There's fucking, you know, little ticker tape data. I feel like I was plugged into the Matrix, bro. That's bad for a guy like Too much me. stimulus. You know the you. Mr. Krabs meme? Uh, yeah, you were Mr. Me. Krabs in the sports book. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, like, I... Usually I'll watch, you know, 80% of one game. Today at the sports book, I was watching 5% of six games. So that's yeah. generally what it's like to do a show on Monday morning of yeah. an NFL season. We sit there in, in, in Charlottesville and we got the, the good setup now. We got how many TVs? Five, six of them now? At least 10. At, le at least 10. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes <laughs> Reed's got the laptops out, yeah. the whole thing. And it sucks because you're like, I would love to watch I wish they would stagger games more. Well, but it, I feel like it's amplified in Vegas at the sportsbook too because people, people, your average fan is very invested yeah. at, at the stadium. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Probably more so than the players. You know, we hear that a lot. But uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> at a sportsbook, people are really invested. Hell yeah! So like, people will be Fair cheering right. for a big play, and then you're trying to find it. You know Dude, what I mean? We watched um, somebody. You know, the the Rams and um, the Rams and and we'll talk about them in a little bit and the Cardinals today uh it didn't look like that total was going to go over to save anybody's life and there was a guy that we were talking to in an eagle shirt shout out to yeah. that guy from texas somehow yeah and he had bet the over on that game and i just was watching him the whole game stew and stew and there's a kinship when you know what somebody has yeah yeah you know you, you want that person to do well unless you're on the other side Man. and then there's kind of a code where you're like okay where is the line on like hot dog and you know yeah making like, too much noise yeah, yeah. like you want to know but you don't want to like fuck up anyone's mojo you don't a little bit rub it in to yeah somebody and, else everybody who was cheering the titans you know that was too much you whoever it was, was too much for yeah you. Well, there were it, i couldn't handle too. it so you know sad, those people out son there, of a bitch is sadly invested in the broncos game too <laughs> in the sports book yeah, every how about yeah. every sunday exactly poor guy, man. <laughs> exactly. every sunday cowboy read is i'm trying to ride it's just here's difficult i thought was fucking amazing and you know sam not to put you on the spot but like we're sitting there in the sports, but we got a nice little setup. Chris, you know, you and I are watching a lot of football, and Sammy B is running back and forth. He can't even touch the football because he's so interested in the horse races. I love that, bro. That's Incredible. amazing. And you, you try to sell me on a lot of things, like I, and, it's amazing. You know, I mean, yeah. You talked about your experience today. 
You were trying to watch football? Yeah. I was trying to watch football and then like seven horse races at the same time. <laughs> Bro, I had no idea what was going on. I like he was that. like tapping me like, hey, the Vikings are about to score. I'm like, bro, I just hit yeah. this exact uh, the fuck alone. at Gulfstream. Like, back. I don't care. Dude, winning on a horse <laughs> and it's race like, hits different though. Like when you hit oh, the bro. Big one, And you that, just hit them all yeah, the time. Like out. you guys are waiting three hours to figure out yeah, if you win this bet. Betting horses I literally like, wait. 90 seconds like and figure out if i won this bet that's like, that's like a very, it's just constant action yeah no and you try to sell me on it i just that's can't. bro you would gambling. you would love it yeah you, do you your horses feel about it <laughs> i mean I'm when they joking. win that's not i mean like, i think I when they win they feel care. i think when they win they feel great about it horses feel the same way as the football how did you feel like you're just a horse out there yeah, on the field yeah, do you know what i'm saying yeah. and, and 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 uh and the horses man like in the history of horse racing how much of a mind fuck is this no horse ever knew it won <laughs> no, no i think not. they know you think they, they know? know yeah bro you think they know that they i think won? they're competitive yeah. you think they know they did something oh yeah yeah for sure like 100 percent yeah. Given these steeds. Hey, when, they know, when a stud man. horse like Seabiscuit, when he's getting his, you know, I, I don't know. Seabiscuit. <laughs> You're about to talk about his dick. <laughs> when he's, when, you You're know. You're about to talk about Seabiscuit. <laughs> I'm trying to, this is a family podcast, Chris. No, it's not. I'm just saying, like, you know, when you're getting milked, when you're a stud getting milked yeah. for your lineage. Yeah. You know you're winning. Yeah, you know. You know. You know. Your bloodline. The blood, think, when so they there's put, a lot when of they're filling up to be made when, between those horses and us. When right? they're filling <laughs> up the bloodline bucket. <laughs> you know. Um, no, but anyways, it was. Yeah, I'm looking over Sam's bedding horses, and all of a sudden I look up. There's um, horses pulling like buggies and shit. Like, what kind of shit is that? You don't even. That's like I don't. I don't. I do not bet on those. Yeah. What is that? If you get those are chariot races. If you get to that point, you're you have a problem. <laughs> Like you, you remember that you have a real problem. <laughs> tell us, you're gonna have a problem. Tell the story about the flames totals. Oh man! So that was how many years ago was that? Probably that we've was been coming long. to the win. That was probably like ten, eight, ten years ago. I don't want to put you on the spot. To tell a bad. No, story. I love that. I mean, here, I'm gonna have here, a, here, like here. I'm gonna try to recall this, but you were ice cold. It was March Madness. <laughs> you're like literally two and twelve. <laughs> it was bad. So case long. Definitely. I mean, it was it was rough, and we're yeah. sitting in the book, and he is literally, he's got all of his cash laid out on the floor, <laughs> oh. like it's literally he's counting it. It's all on the floor. Yeah, and he's like, I talked to my buddy. I know my next play, and we're like, <laughs> North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, like, where are you going? Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just thinking like basketball schools. Like, he's got to play. He was like, hockey. And we're like, really? Just bad like, totals, bro. Hockey. He was like, Calgary Flames. <laughs> over over seven and a half. Yeah. Which seems like a lot of goals in a yeah. hockey game yeah, to not me. Not out west, bro. But apparently it's not. <laughs> not out west. Not flames. Actually, that bet didn't hit. I think they ended up at like like four goals or something. No, I, even, I fucked around. I was feeling so cocky today. I bet a little hockey on the low. I didn't tell you guys that. Today? Yeah. I wasn't chasing. I just put like a hundred dollars on a little juicy hockey. Oh, you got to share your bets with yeah, your boys. Tell us Half about the fun of betting is like getting invested in your buddies. Yeah, this was a like put the tell phone us away. About, like, and, yeah, you know, put a hundred on something and See, if, like we were getting into it. Chris is betting hockey on the slide, I, not even telling. Okay, him. well, I so, mean, I feel like the whole trip has been like me and Bo having fun, enjoying yeah. each other's company, oh, the camaraderie, yeah. Yeah. blackjack, you know, like yeah. we're just doing it. 
And then and tonight it's going to be more of the same. You're just guys. kind of. <laughs> I can't you're, wait. You're kind matter of over fact, to the side. Matter of fact, you know, on your own right now. I got a fucking boot full of beer in front of me, dude. Hey, cheers. Cheers, bro. Cheers. We're, we're going to talk about that Germany game. I want to set the table, though. Let's talk about the game of the year first. Can we talk about the game of the year first? Yeah. Because, listen, we're not doing America's teams. We usually do this thing where we do a list of America's teams. Right. Five, top five America's teams. Yeah, like the St. Okay. Louis Rams. St. Louis Rams, yeah, forever one of America's teams. Okay. Uh, I'm not doing a list. There's one team on the America's teams list for me. That's the Minnesota Vikings. They are America's team. Yeah. Because they saved my family, bro, today. To, yeah. to take you back to this week, and Reed was in there. You know, I get shit wrong. Like, but oh, sometimes no. I come no. in. Yeah, no, but I, mean, I, mean, I, I come in, I'm about to gloat. Well, no, I'm not gloating in this situation because I come in, and I'm like, guys, I got a tip. Josh Allen's not playing. It's like Wednesday or whatever it was. And I'm telling dudes in the – because, you know, du dudes get mad when you don't tell them you have a tip. But then when the tip doesn't come through, like Josh Allen all of a sudden – And you're generous, so you, you pass out tips. I try to pass yeah, out you tips. Do. But, you know, when Josh, you know, Saturday, they did not bring up Matt Barkley. That was like red flag number one. Yeah. You know? Because you're only uh, going to bring up Matt Barkley if you really need him. Yes, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and exactly. And the, and the um, no disrespect, but and, and, the, um, and the, uh, the, the line's moving, right? It's moving throughout the week. Like, it looks like he's not going to play. Line's down to, like, three. I forget what it got to. Um, but then it goes back up and balloons to six, six and a half, seven and a half. Yeah. So I put a fucking Kia on, like, a used Kia yeah. on the, the used Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. So... Um, just not just the pressure of winning that bet, but also the pressure of my friends winning the bets because I gave them out. I was giving them out to a few people. I was giving yeah. that tip to a few. How people. many? How many of your friends do you think follow your actual bets though? I or how many? Know, how many bro. people like you think? Well, we got a whole podcast about it, so yeah. <laughs> Evidently, something's good. I mean, it's like, but but bottom line was that game to 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 bet on that game to win. So I had Vikings plus six, which is important because yeah. at the end of the game, they missed a, an extra point, and that became pretty complicated. And then you go to overtime, yeah. and there's – bro, I thought that that game was over five different times, five different oh, ways. Oh, for well, sure. Everybody yeah, everyone yeah. did. But I mean, that's why fucking it was, the NFL betting on the NFL is a crack. And so, like, this is my first time where, you know, you retire. You're not allowed to be in a sports book when you're an active player, you know, and things like that. So this is my first sports book experience, and it's – fucking awesome. it's drugs dude <laughs> yeah it's drugs Bro, it's, it's great it's like the dopamine yeah that was going through my body when justin jefferson caught that ball yeah on fourth and 18 yep yeah was like like i thought i had a sack yeah i felt like i my my, my body was like oh crit, you just sacked somebody you yeah. haven't felt that way in a while <laughs> since, like, yeah, since yeah. 2018 i'm getting the high of football you know without taking out a single double team what but a treat. It, but it was legit. I mean, the ending was insane. I mean, yeah. you know, um, let's start with this. Josh Allen. Well, your first mistake, Chris, is counting him out because that's a tough motherfucker. Who, Josh Allen? Yes. No, I know. He's going to play through shit. I know, know he is. But he doesn't I, want I, Matt Barkley out there. You no, know, no, and no, ultimately no. it's, uh, and it would have been Case Keenum, who, who can play and was 2-0 last year. Right. Like, I could see that team rallying around, you know, each other. When you know you have a backup quarterback playing. Yeah, sometimes it'll like, galvanize your team. Yeah. Like, we well, really you know, got to be on our shit. You got to be on your shit, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, it, it really comes down to this in that game. I mean, like, Kirk made some big throws. He also made some terrible throws, That's right? That's Kirk, baby. But Josh Allen has to play better in these money down spots. Yeah. I mean, like, 
I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think it's him, Patrick Mahomes. You know, there's a couple guys like that are just otherworldly. At the end of some of these games lately, like today, you know, yeah. it was like second down when he threw that pick. That's the one. Exactly. That's the one. Exactly. I get I get throwing the pick on fourth and two. Right. Totally. There's no there's and you don't people need to play are gonna say, oh, two picks, all this stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's one that counted. Because on fourth and two, everybody was covered. Right. You know, and and if anybody You like, gotta put the ball up on fourth down. You gotta throw the ball, right? But if I'm if I'm Sean McDermott, I might be second guessing going for it on because totally. Reed, help me do the math here, but they end up, you know, if if they kick that field goal, it would have been thirty uh, seventeen. I mean, that point. yeah, they kick the field goal, they're up thirteen. Yep, two touchdowns. I mean, that's just it feels different. That's why it's so fun, like, you know. Just to quick aside here, like breaking a game down with a quarterback, you know, because you yeah. guys have such a broader game management kind of view of the game than like me and i mean chris too in the trenches like it's this for me whereas like for you guys it's <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think one of so my it's a fun thing to t like you you'll say like i was just kind of you were focused on your horse your horse game and i was it. but i mean i think one of the like best parts today is like the vikings i think it was like first half and they ran like kind of like the fake like slip screen mm -hmm. and threw it down the <laughs> sideline and chris was like that was Bro, slick. that play was yeah. so cool man they've been doing that they've for a while that. now yeah. 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 like or there's like, nothing yeah. new fit that but ball chris was like yeah. man i yeah. hadn't yeah. seen that before well, the, the <laughs> problem is when i'm on a team i get real complimentary of them and <laughs> oh, i start I being like i'm like yeah oh man this coach yeah look at him that's the, how Sam felt about his horses. <laughs> I felt good. But today. the but the first half of that game, they're dead. Like like if you I thought, told, I mean honestly like when Buffalo went down and scored before half, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you just feel like they've got all the momentum yeah. going into half. They're at home. Like mm -hmm. it's going to be really hard for Minnesota to get back in this football game. Yeah. yeah. And I think like it's a credit, you know, we talked about it, you know, for Kirk like it's tough like you throw a couple picks it's hard to win on the road. Yeah, it's hard to beat good teams on the road, especially yeah. teams like Buffalo, like Buffalo, outside Buffalo, like that atmosphere. Like yeah. it is tough to go in there and get a win. And you know how and that feels, right? Yeah, going like, on the road and like every conversion's huge. Yeah. Like everybody's up on the sideline. Right. You know, it's it's so fucking loud. I was asking you during the, the the game today. I go, yeah. I was like, but I feel like to be honest, like how good is Minnesota? I think they're pretty like, good. No one talks about them. No. Like now, they, now I, they will. I don't watch a lot. Like I haven't been yeah. really in tune with like everything. But like, I feel like you don't hear much about them, and like all they do is go out there and win. We like laughed going, at, going on the road to beat. Like I mean, well, well, we were joking today because like Minnesota sports fans. I'm from Minnesota, so like I feel a little bit qualified to talk about this. But like Minnesota sports fans are like used to just fucking kind of just like like the missed extra point. Shit like that, you know, or like Kirk getting stepped on in a critical moment at the end of the game. No, like, yeah. they were like, like the oh, Chargers classic. of the Midwest. Yeah. You I, know, it's yeah. everybody's charging is a verb. Like, right. uh, you know, Clemsoning was a verb for a while, and then Dabo put a bowling alley in the mm -hmm. fucking facility <laughs> and bought everybody. But, um, you know, people, I was tweeting about the game day. Yeah. People were like, you've never seen a Vikings game. Yeah. I was like, but they're, oh, but they're I doing have. it, though. The, no. And they and they won despite doing a exactly. lot of bullshit today. Exactly. Like Kirk throwing two picks. If you told me Kirk's going on the road, he's going to throw two picks. Yeah. You're going to miss an extra down, point. You know, you're going to drop the a goal pick line. six. Yeah. You're going to, you know, all that stuff. Um, but Kirk's mistakes they could overcome. They could not overcome that pick late in the game. You're driving to win the game. It's second down. I don't feel like they can stop you. If I'm Buffalo, you know, Josh tucked it and ran for 20 yards twice. Yeah. In the last 
three minutes. I mean, it, he picks up chunks so easily. Yeah. It's like the end of that game when all they need is a field goal. No, I mean, it's like you, you knew what was coming. Like, as they were moving down the field, you're sitting there and you're like, Buffalo's going to go win this game. But they're not in overtime if they kick that ball. You know, they're not right. even in overtime no, yeah. if they kick that ball. So, you know, I, I look at McDermott on that fourth and two, and I look at Josh Allen on that pick. Um, but he he was amazing. The, the third and 15, the third and 16, man, late in that game when, when, when they needed conversions, it's so frustrating being on Minnesota's side and rooting for the Vikings and watching where there's a, a TE stunt where there's no contain and Josh just yeah. – I said to you, I turned yeah. to somebody in the yeah. sportsbook and I go, he's going to break the pocket of the right and convert here. Yeah. And he, and then, and he does. Can we talk he does. About, and then he does it again. Yeah. Uh, fucking Big Z's got him dead to rights. It's it's such a tough tackle. You cannot yeah. let this guy out of the right side of the pocket. No, no, can't do it. It's it's clockwork, man. Yeah. Um. But Justin Jefferson, who made like, I don't know what the stat was, but the highest. Um. NGS does these like uh, low probability catches, yeah. Yeah. and he's got the most ever since they started uh, charting it. Uh. And and he was amazing. The fourth and eighteen was. Uh. Electric. I mean, like, we, were talking, book, we were talking about it in the game, but it's like you just knew, like, that's where the ball was going. Right. Like, I didn't matter the play, the coverage, anything. Yep. That ball was going to 18 yep. regardless of what was going on. Yep. And I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know if it was the corner route or whatever, but that ball's not going that back to shoulder 90, ball. 90% of the dudes out there. Like, as a quarterback, like, yep. most of the dudes, like, you look out there and see that coverage, and you're like, mm, I'm on to the next one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But him, you're like, that's why it's Let's fun see. talking about football like, quarterback. Right, because you know? he I mean, turned to me when chance, he hit him on that know? back shoulder and he was yeah. like, he goes, I'm not throwing that ball no. to anybody else. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and he's just, it's interesting because people were talking about the Diggs trade, who won that trade, Jefferson Diggs. Yeah. Both teams, I mean, have been, but if anybody, it's interesting that, you know, you do get a younger player. Well, we, we, all won, we all won that trade because we all got the fucking game of the year, man. Right. Right. You know? Yeah, we got the game. And the Diggs year. had some great catches too. It was and, amazing. And in that next gen uh, number, Jefferson had nine receptions today with a sub fifty percent completion prob pro probability, the most in a game by any receiver in the next gen era since twenty sixteen. Um, so no other players had more than six. Guys, unbelievable. And you know, the Eagles had the the weekend off. I know Howie's tired of hearing this shit, but like they're sitting there watching this game. You know, they play Monday. And they're probably like, God damn, dude. It's just every time you watch this guy play, you know, uh, you had your chance. And that's the way things go. But Dalvin Cook was huge yeah. for them. He was huge for them. Especially on that last drive over in overtime. Yeah. 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 He, you know, like, they were getting like 10-yard runs. Yep. You know, they just kind of marched on the field. Yeah, And, and he'd get just, hit and get six more yards. Yeah. Not just, you know, picking up that yardage, but when you on the road receive the football in overtime, yeah. you want to get out of the shadow of your own goal line. Yeah, that's scary, right? Like, um, tough place to play. You punt. Like, next thing you know, you lose the game. You, you could be short field. So those big runs they were breaking off were so big. And the biggest play of the game for me was you're down twenty-seven ten, and you need to score quick at that at that juncture in the ball game. And you know, it wasn't a pass. It was Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah. It was Dalvin Cook for you know sixty-eight yards or whatever it was. I don't know, Reed, how much it was, but. The guy that threw the biggest block on that play was Justin Jefferson. Yeah. 81 yeah. yards. Yeah. 81 but that's yards. what's fun about it. Like when you're a good team and you play on the road in a stadium like that, like where you, 
it's like it's just you and the fucking team and you it's, feel like it's against so, everybody. it's you against the world dude. exactly it's a, uh, when well, I, that, yeah that's it's, what i'm talking about yeah. everybody's yeah. up on the sideline right. every conversion so earned yeah. you know it's third and seven they had to do so many hard things like the osborne fourth and one the end around where he's yeah. he's getting tackled it looks like he's dead to rights fourth and six to hawkinson all these conversions the the fucking fourth and 18 bro amazing how far back Speared do we have to go it. to find a, a game that was better than that i mean uh bills bills, bills chiefs, chiefs probably this has so much drama season game probably five six years it's it's, at least. it's wild and i'm sure we're forgetting something and people are going to look back and say oh you know there's more scoring in like you know, uh, Rams, Chiefs, that game From was like three, 50, yep. 4, 50. But this had so much improbable shit go on. Yeah. We haven't the even talked about, yeah. you know, them being back. And <clears throat> as soon as as they didn't get it, by the way, first off, I'm just all over the place here, but Gabe Davis did not catch that football. So in that Which situation. The, the, rev, the NFL admitted. They yeah. said, you know, we if, if, the, uh, if the refs had looked at that, that would have been an incomplete yes. pass. Yeah. Yes. That's but like how it was egregious. How yeah. does that happen though? Like, how do they let that slide? Because they the, knew that was going to come with a great product from the booth. Yeah, you know? that's supposed to come from the booth. That's what and I'm saying though. Like, how do they how do they miss that though? Because I saw it in the sports. Everyone book. saw it. Like it was obvious. <laughs> I saw it in the sports book. Right. So like, how do they miss that? I have no idea. Maybe bring me in. Pay ooh, me a lot ooh, of money. Ooh. Don't have to do this podcast. You know. I can just make a lot you of money. You could do the pod from the booth in New York. Live People stream. like comments like challenge that, challenge that. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> One hundred. I mean, yeah. bro, that like, would be. be like, <laughs> it was a ter it was a terrible miss call, and then you know on fourth down, uh, you know first off they get a drop. Dalvin Cook drops the ball when when they're trying to score and win in regulation. Dalvin Cook drops the ball, then fourth and and, and goal. Terrible QB sneak. Yeah. Um, but they're on the inch line, and you're like they can't take a knee. No. Like they can't kneel. So are they going to take a safety? Would you have taken but, a safety but the there? Kick, they couldn't because then if they take a safety, they give the short, short field, right? And a kick ties it. So yeah. it's like yeah. a such a random yeah. you know, series of events, yeah. kind of all combined to make it such a fun fucking game. Mm -hmm. And to experience that at the sports book with our boy who was betting on it, oh. like eh, it's hey, it was crazy. Great. And Reed kept putting videos up like. We hit, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it was a review. Six. And then I it was a review. I've been like that since like fucking the NFC <laughs> yeah. championship. It was insane, dude. It was yeah. insane. And then and then it hit me like after all that celebration, all that high five, my hand still hurts from high fiving you, Bo. Ooh. I, I was like, <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, oh, fuck. They could win the toss, go down and score. Yeah. And this is a push for me at the very least. Thank God in overtime, if you have six, you can't lose. Right. Because yeah. they go into score. You can't do the extra point. Right, mm -hmm. something you forget sometimes. I did not forget that today. Huge win. No, and you were telling me that early. <laughs> you were on top of that. And yeah. we, yeah. You, you, made, <laughs> you, made, like, you made mention of that very early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We so were along those lines like we're we we know. Oh, and Harrison Phillips, huge sack. Yes, and Harrison Smith. Yeah, huge PBU. Yes, Harrison. Huge PBU. Yeah. Harrison Smith on the sideline. Yeah, into that ball game. Yeah, huge PBU. Yeah. Um, Harrison's. A lot has been made of you know Kirk, who's like. Kind of a fucking boring guy, you know, but he's dancing in the plane with the, you know, kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, fits, fits magic with mm -hmm. the chains on and stuff. So probably pretty electric flight back from Buffalo to yeah. Minnesota. I mean, the last that. three for them right? have been yeah. electric. Come so on. Be, you can't be imagine. Yeah. Yeah. That, that might yeah. be up there too. And then, you know, it just, 
it makes you think a little bit about the Bills. Like, what do they have going forward? Because AFC, or that's an interesting. Bills are going to be fine, dude. I know, like, but I'm saying like two tough losses, kind of the Jets, the no Vikings, question. like that. Like an emotional loss like that, you can get a little bit. Of All you got to worry about is the fact that you might not win the division. You know, that's, that's a the big hard concern, part. though. That's a bit. I was more concerned about it earlier this week when I thought he had a, an elbow injury that was going to keep him out yeah. a while. They'll be fine. Yeah. They, they, he's got to stop making those decisions. Yeah. And he knows yeah. it. And then the, he knows it. Yeah. He fucking knows I know. it. And the thing I like about Josh Allen is he's tough and he kind of owned up to it. You saw him emotional in the presser last week after that loss against the Jets, you know? But he cares less than Derek Carr. <laughs> His mascara was running today. No, okay, that's not fucking <laughs> Come on. No, I'm not going to laugh. <laughs> Guy's got beautiful eyes yeah. or whatever. He's got those Jeff Saturday eyes. Is Jeff Saturday got the same eyes as <laughs> the Derek same Carr? same eyes. That's fucking yeah. good, good yeah. pickup by you. Thanks. Man. All right, so be, before but, we jump to yeah. Tom and Aaron, um, you mentioned the Eagles a couple of minutes ago. This is a stat that might make them a little more nervous. There have been 145 teams to start 8-1 and one or better through nine games. Only two teams of those 145 who outscored their opponents by less than four points per game during that stretch. The 76 Raiders, who won the championship, yeah. And the 2022 so Vikings. To break that down, basically the Vikings are winning close games. The, that's right. They yeah. are seven. They have won seven one possession games yeah. this season. Which is what yeah. is every game. I Listen, mean, with good teams in the NFL, you feel like it comes down to one possession. They every needed week. a win to unlock, you know, the public perception that says they're elite. Well, and and they, they are. Yeah. They went on the road yeah. and they mm-hmm. beat the Bills with Josh Allen, who was dealing early. Yeah. By the way, almost threw a pick the first fucking possession. Yeah. yeah. So he, this is not just the picks. Right. Yeah. Um. But the Vikings, we laughed at a guy who put them number one in our power rankings back in, you know, fuck me, Kingston. Yep. Put him up high in the power rankings. We were all like, Vikings. And we laughed at Macon preseason when he picked yeah, them to go to the Super Bowl. Gonna, that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And I still think they have that in them. But, like, the thing for me is trusting Kirk for three playoff games or four mm-hmm. playoff games. You know what I mean? Like, those mistakes should have cost How many them. times are you going to need the Bills to fumble the ball and their the Bills goal haven't scored. They, they haven't scored in the second half a lot. The, uh, they so they got scored a second half touchdown since. What week does that six. mean? What does that mean? You you played quarterback in this league Justin, for a long time. What, what does that? it mean? Yeah. Like, is yeah. it coaches not adjusting? Man, that's tough. I mean, there's so many things that could go into that. Really? You know, I mean, obviously, you go into the first half. You usually got your first 15 right. plays are scripted. You feel really good about what you're doing. You come out. You're on a roll. You're in a rhythm. You know, after you get through those, then it's more on the play caller, judging right. kind of the flow of the game, what's working, what's well, not, making adjustments. Right. But I don't know. I Come mean, in. obviously, they played well the first half, and then I don't know if it. I was too busy watching the horses, so I really <laughs> wasn't. I wasn't focused. But well, there, there's so much to be said about momentum too. You know? Oh and yeah. It, like, especially like we said on the road, and you kind of get rolling, and the Vikings like after that big run from Dalvin Cook, you know, it was like yeah. what was it like sixty-two yeah. yards? Something like coming that. coming out of the second half, do do you ever script another set of plays? Like, just like, the you know, to start the game, would you ever come out of the locker room and say, I've got 10 more or, you know, something like that? I don't know if like you have 10 more, but, you know, obviously, you know, during halftime, you come up with, hey, these are probably, you know, the runs we're looking at. These are our favorite, you know, five, six passes. Mm-hmm. We'd like to get to these. And then, you know, depending on how the next series goes, maybe you get to a couple of them, maybe you don't. But you definitely have some ideas of the plays that you would like to get to. Uh, it's probably not as scripted as it would be in the first half, but you know, some coaches are better at that than others. You as know, a quarterback so, too, when, like when you, I get hired to coach like Jeff Saturday, <laughs> you have to high, you have to coach high school first. Half plays. <laughs> really? Yeah, curveball. Are you yeah. going to call offensive plays? Yeah. 
that cool like little just the, like just slip screen. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna be like, that's going in day one. I know that. Yeah. I'm be like, guys, guys, guys. What we're gonna do is we're gonna fake a fucking screen and then take a shot. No, what we're gonna do? We're gonna do a little throwback to our quarterback. Yeah, you know, because those work out really well. Those always work out. But um, dude, I hope Waylon or Luke. I hope they play football. And that you coach no and you call offensive oh, plays. No <laughs> that way, I would like. What kind pay, of offense I would, do you think I would run? Wing T. Literally, I'm not smart enough. To I run have wing no tea. idea. Like, I can't even. I think you would run the ball a lot because I really have no idea. Like, give me a pass concept. Like, I'm gonna say sail. China. Like what is sale? Break know. break that like you guys are running you guys are running the rock. I'm running every play. I'm running a West Coast system. Sam, we're going mesh. Just a bunch of flat shit and fuck we're gonna have big tight end. Okay. Big tight end. We're gonna throw to that tight end a lot. You know? I'm just gonna install the NFL Blitz playbook. We're gonna do fake spikes. Yeah. Do fake spikes, the whole shit, fake knees whole thing we're gonna blow up the teams when they kneel at the end of games okay yeah. Sam had to get a little comfortable before he could shit on us be like hey man like you guys are fucking d-lyman all right yeah just know your role <laughs> he's flexing his, people are like stick his to sports he's like stick to, stick to the guy knows the past yeah screen. exactly fucking yeah. take on a double Whatever, team, man Sam. let me know how that feels yeah all right so well yeah. hey i want to say like the vikings are coming up they got the cowboys at home mm-hmm. so like transitioning to that because the cowboys today in Green Bay. Well, here's another reason that the league's really happy, right? Because football's been objectively ass this year. Like, it has not, not been. Not after today, though. I'm back. That's the point. I know. That, all it takes is one Sunday. Yeah. You know, and we do this for a living, so I'm watching all the games anyways. But, like, if I were a fan, and I felt this way as, as a fan, like, I'm like, it's lost its magic. Well, here's the thing, bit. though. Even if teams are ass and the games are ass, the drama is always elite. Look at Jeff Saturday as a, as a head coach. Okay, that's fine. But that's but, why people but, tune in sometimes. He, no, they don't. But, sometimes. No, okay. The NFL has been, if, if I see another record amount of close games graphics, yeah. bro, I don't fucking care because obviously that shit is not moving the needle. If you ask most fans how this year has been, they've been like, oh, it's kind of, Kind of weird, and it's that's because the that's because the great quarterbacks have been you know two of the goats yeah. that you can set your watch to. You put them in the four p.m. p.m. games, you know they're, they're the biggest show on Sunday. You know whether it's Brady or whether it's Rodgers, those teams have sucked, yeah. and they've suffered that. You know that game today was awesome. Everybody's gonna rem- remember uh, Minnesota and Buffalo, but what Roger Goodell is sitting at home and being excited about is the fact that. Christian Watson decided to catch the football, yeah. you know, and that, you know, Tom Brady worked the middle of the field to death in, in Germany. And that, you know, on an international stage, yeah. you well, got, you got, you got Seattle second most popular team in Germany and you got the goat out there playing a pretty competitive ball game. And it bookended a really, really and it good got day tight, for the NFL. Tight yeah. late. And you saw Brady run out the clock, you know, do do exactly what he needed to do two back to back fourth quarter. That's right. Um well, Pitbull, you know, Pitbull's gotta move over because I think Tom Brady is Mr. Worldwide. Is that what Pitbull <laughs> is? Mr. Worldwide. I must be living under a Tom Tom is undefeated in up. international games. I was but in that, that in that early game, in that it's oh, it was six thirty. Second half call. He's like, like, gotta get he had that scripted. He was waiting for the top. Mr. Worldwide, undefeated. He's played in London, yeah. played in Mexico. Now he's got a Germany, you know, he's got a Germany win oh to his God. belt. So if we're breaking down these two games, I mean, like, and I woke up 
actually while the game was still going on. Uh, I woke up for the Bucks. Yeah, I woke up for that game. I was like, oh, pleasant surprise. I got a here. I was eating fucking wiener schnitzel yesterday. I was committed to the game. So great atmosphere in Germany, first off. Yeah. Like you can really tell they dig it. People had beard, stein, just like in the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Walking around. But, you know, they. they, Country roads. Country roads, which, fuck it, you can have it too. I mean, West Virginia kind of took it from Virginia and Maryland. (laughs) Yeah. If you study geography, Germany has the same claim to that song. Um, Brady played well. Okay. He had the one pick, they dominated the middle of the field run and pass julio had a touchdown okay people were saying vintage julio it did not look like vintage julio okay like let's not but it it's effective they can get him healthy and he's healthy down the stretch they're in a division here where like they can kind of plot along and make their gains and and who who they're going to be in december is what matters if they can run the ball the way they ran the ball yeah and that's not going to be every week today which is interesting because they're the last i know 44 runs rashad whitehead Fucking nice stiff arm as a young player. Like he looked, pro- he looked pretty good. Would you rather be stiff armed on your team's sideline or the other team's sideline? On yours, because then everyone kind of just looks away, yeah. you know. But on the other team, like you know, those guys are fucking in your. That face. was a bad one. Diggs was it was right. Yeah. He's a really good player. Yeah. But he got stiff armed right on yeah. on uh, his team's sideline. Um, and Fournette was out. Yeah, you know, after a little bit with a hip, after yep. he threw that terrible interception. Yeah, on Twitter later, he posted a picture of him dropping know, back to pass so and said uh, QB two, and yeah. everyone was like, "Yo, you throw a pick." Yeah, that was <laughs> terrible. I yeah, like so. I, I just, I mean, they were cooking when he threw that pick, and and that's yeah, my like, point I love, is like I love Byron too. Like Byron is my guy. They were cooking, but I would really like to know what they thought that play was going to look like. Brady. Like, what do you think that looked like in practice? Like they told the corner <laughs> to run like a lot of cheering speed to the other side of the field yeah, yeah. and yeah, leave nobody, Tom alone. Like, nobody's going to contest just, Tom in practice. Yeah, like you think someone went up with him for like a jump ball? Dude, I, I don't know. In practice? Ha- yeah. They were the quarterback. I don't know what they were thinking, but they, they were. They were hey, after a win, all's well that ends well, man. Yeah. You can fucking throw a pick and then post a you know photo of it on, on social media after because you won. But you know. the bottom line is that the, the offense looked better. Yeah. And Seattle, I got to give their defense credit throughout the year. They've been better than you'd think. But well, I, I mean, this, I, I thought the Bucks defense played pretty well, too. I mean, Devin White is a guy that I've been a little – I'm a Tampa guy, okay, because I have a place in Tampa, and I talk to all those guys. I hang out with them a lot. And I love, you know, when you retire, you're fucking bored, and you need to talk to your boys about football, which is why you join a podcast, Sam. Um, and, uh, like, his, he's had a tough week, man. Devin was – get under a lot of scrutiny because of effort and you know losses a couple weeks ago and things like that and he balled today man like he had two sacks i think a couple tfls his father passed away last yeah, he week he learned about that on the plane like getting on the plane to go to london and his dad passed yeah. away which nine is, tackles two sacks that was my game ball yeah i mean yeah. He, he, he um i mean just like and you could tell yeah the speed of that tampa defense on the second level yeah. Kenneth Walker hadn't seen that yet this year. Yeah. That offense hadn't seen that yet, yet this year. He couldn't get out on the edge. And um, that guy's been hot, hotter yeah. than fish grease, Ooh. you know? And that's fucking hot. Yeah. All right, so. Was the, that a second half script too? No, it wasn't. I just thought, <laughs> of that. I just thought about that. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was he right was thinking about dinner. That was, yeah. <laughs> no, he's thinking about dinner. You'd be a good play caller then, you know what I'm Thank saying? Thank you, I appreciate like, it. But no, I mean, the, Bucks, the Bucks offense has been under a lot of scrutiny, especially because they have the best quarterback of all time. And for them to get a big win against the Rams, and then they go to Germany and get a big win against a very good Seahawks team, now they have a bye week. Just be careful. 
I'm just saying. I'm like, saying. Just yeah. let's not get a, uh, you but know. You, you know what I mean? Like, you get two wins. You can kind of breathe easy no. a little bit. You can kind of reassess things. They're, they're going to be a playoff week. team. Because yeah. the, that the vision is ass. is ass. So, you know, third touchdown, 36 possessions um, for, for, for those guys was a stat I saw across the screen, one of their earlier touchdowns. So that shows you how bad they've been. Um, and, and you strung together two, two good wins here. Good them, so, man. you know, and, and they're five and five. They need to, they need, wild card might get a little interesting. Giants, Niners, yep. who won earlier, and we'll talk more about that game on Tuesday morning a little bit more. Can't wait. Because we, we've been recording, but um, they, they're coming off their bye. They'll have uh, the Browns, the Saints, the Niners, the Bengals, the Cards, the Panthers, and the Falcons. And in that division, as bad as it is, it doesn't seem like anything's been easy for the Bucks. No. So you really do have to lock in. Um, okay, and then Green Bay, Dallas. Yeah. You know, Aaron, I've been saying this for weeks. Aaron Rodgers is putting the ball on the money, save for those dumb turnovers, uh, you know, down the red zone against Detroit. He has largely played pretty well this year. You know, somebody's going to be like, are you, are you serious? But he's putting the ball in tight windows, man. This, this might be a hot take, but I, people I, are not open, right? It, no, so, but like, it's kind of, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's kind of fun to see a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who is a parent. He's a great player. Yeah. He's a fucking great player. To see him throw three picks, you know, against yeah, the you, Lions. It's kind of one of those things where, like, you secretly love it. You no, know? not even secretly. You might, you might have the Lions. Yeah, you know, you might, you might be tired of hearing Aaron. Rod you might like hearing Aaron Rodgers. You know, at the podium, see how crazy it can right. be post game. Right. Like, you might love the the chaos of it all, but for me, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> dinner. Hey, all right, I'm out of here. Okay, see you, buddy. <laughs> the best moments in a sports fan's life are in football season. I'm not talking about September. I'm not talking about the first week in October. I'm not even talking about the second week in October. I'm talking about when it gets colder, the temperature drops, the games get bigger, the hits get harder, and you can curl up and watch some meaningful football. I like to do it with a Miller Lite from the fridge and a cold frosty mug from the freezer. Frosty mug, meat, a cold, beautiful can of Miller Lite from my fridge. That's teamwork. We come together, we can make a great play out there. And the, and the best play to make on a Sunday is a nice cold Miller Lite and a frosty mug at home. That's my favorite thing. Maybe a fire in the fireplace. Yeah, now we're talking. But Miller Lite, it's an original and it's more than that. It's been a fan favorite since 1975. The best part, no matter how your team plays, Miller Lite is always a winner. The perfect beer for Sundays. I gave you the, the hot tip. Having that frosty mug is a lot like having home field advantage. I mean, like, it just makes everything better for your boy and your boy's friends who file in every Sunday to enjoy cold, ice-cold Miller Lite uh, at, at, at my house. I mean, we have a lot of people over, and i got to have the Miller Lite stocked up. A lot of light beer cuts back on the most crucial ingredient, flavor. Just 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving. Miller Lite, quick on its feet, heavy hitting on flavor. No wonder it's been MVP from day one. This football season, enjoy the sweet taste of victory with Miller Lite, the original light beer. Find it pretty much anywhere beer is sold. Go to MillerLite.com slash Greenlight for delivery options near you. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. So Sam's left. He's gone to dinner. Thank God. Um, <laughs> so 
Wait, did Sam want to go to dinner? Jesus Christ. The guy's eating dinner every night of his life. How fucking cool is dinner? I mean, I'm hungry. Why do you think I'm drinking these beers, man? So (laughs) Dallas and Green Bay, this was, you said McCarthy came dressed as uh, Lombardi. Yeah. He had the long tan coat yeah. walking across the field, he hands had in the pockets. Out, man. Yeah. Oh, he's been doing the tan coat thing, though. The he, car coat thing? No, he had, it, it was a little. You think he did a little bit yeah. too much Lombardi? Yeah. yeah. It was. He's, you know, when, you know, first day of school, when you set your outfit out kind of deal the night before, that's kind of the, that's kind of the vibe that we all got from Mike McCarthy headed in the Lambo. You know, he was trying to make a statement coming back, and the Cowboys <laughs> were coming back. You know, I don't know if they were they were coming back in a Lambo. I don't know if they were necessarily expecting a tough game because the Packers were, you know, kind of reeling a little bit after the Lions loss and things like that. And I don't think they were expecting it to kind of go the way it did. I just want to say this. You remember when he wore that that car coat? It was everything was tan. He had like a tan yeah. beret. He just had a black mask. <laughs> like he couldn't he couldn't coordinate he couldn't the mask. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, this was uh, had to feel good for for Aaron. And all I'm saying by that is like, listen, guy's taking a lot of shit. He deserves to take a lot of shit when he doesn't play well. Yeah. But this is, this is not a surprise no. that they figured some shit out today. Especially what surprised me though is that Dobbs has been out, you know, and Christian Watson. I mean, you that ball's got to feel like it was in the air forever. Yeah. That first touchdown, 75 yards or whatever it was. They didn't have any offense. He struggled with drops a little bit. He struggled you know? with drops. We talk a lot about the Minnesota drop early in the year. Right. Um, and you know, if you drop this ball, Aaron Rodgers will put you in witness protection. Blast, yeah. You will never hear from yeah. this guy again. Yes. Right. Yeah. And by the way, the, the, the kid who muffed the punt, um, Rogers, Ro- Rogers, he's had a rough go there. Amari Rogers. Yep. Um, but Watson, a couple big plays, you know, you get him on the fourth and seven where you absolutely need it late in that, that ball game. I think you're down two touchdowns. They run him out of a, a you know, a bunch. And he, he's just such a long strider. Um, he, he outruns people. Same thing on the touchdown. He's running sideways. Yeah. Um, that guy probably picks up steam pretty quick. He's a big target. Yeah. This is great. And Greg Jennings talked about it. I think um, this is going to be – what did he say, Reed? I think he said, like, career-defining moment or yeah. season-defining moment for that player. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not wrong. You know, when you have drops like that, you can kind of get defined by that. So to kind of come up big in a in a big moment, like that's very reassuring. The backflip was sweet too. The back, like what I love too is like he caught it, ran into the touchdown, kind of or ran into the end zone, kind of paused for Thought a second. I was like, it. Am I going to do this? And he mm-hmm. did it. It was fucking slick. And it it's got to give Aaron all that confidence right. throwing him the ball. That's why he went back to them. You know, back oh. to Christian a couple times later in the game, and he delivered. But you know. Uh, you you had had problems confidence wise. Aaron throwing the ball, he was like he he would always let it go to Christian Watson after that first drop, first play of the season. Uh, and Aaron after that drop, Aaron's got to be like in his head. I don't know if I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I this can trust him yet. this and and we talked about it when, when we were in the sports book. This has to be a season, a, a turning point, a launch pad for the rest of the Packers season. Yeah. And a couple of bad picks by Dak. I mean, hard to tell if they're the receivers' fault or not. You know, I know on one of them, at one least looked like it. With. It was Rudy Ford, the second pick, probably. But yep, you know, the Cowboys are going to be fine. They're a good team. They're good. They were due a loss like this, yeah. um, and 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 the Packers. We'll see if they can make something out of this. I mean, Aaron Jones was terrific. Yeah, 
Yeah. He's he's a guy who you really have a lot of respect for yeah. if you watch him play. And a guy that at times I've wondered why he hadn't had the ball more. Well, and uh, and and they stuck to it tonight. And at one point, I think in the first half, Rodgers was like four for six for 75 yards. At that point, Dak had thrown the ball like 15 times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like when it comes to their offense, uh, CD has to play really well yeah. uh, for, for them to for them to fire on all cylinders. Uh, and and Jair Alexander, huge, huge play on third down at the end of the game. On third and four, uh, yeah, um, breaking up that I think it was a slant, and then uh, and then fourth and four, Jaron oh. Reed, who has to make that play. Jaron Reed has to make that play, or else Dak probably picks up the first down. Um, Preston had taken the edge, and Jaron had come underneath, so he's got to come underneath the guard inside move, and then work out, you know, to actually be able to mm-hmm. to finish that off. So. Really big, big play by the uh, by the Green Bay defense, which at times looked like it couldn't stop the damn run, and it was really frustrating to watch because Green Bay was a big winner for me. Here's a question for you, Chris. Outside of um, you know pre pregame dress code violations, do you think McCarthy is going to be kind of scrutinized for his dis- decision in overtime to go for it on fourth down? You know, chose yeah. to go for it on fourth and three from Green Bay's 35 on the opening possession of overtime. You know, and it came, came up short. Yeah, I, I think so, but I, I kind of like these things are so easy to dissect afterwards. After the fact. It's yeah, a classic I mean, Vegas move, you know, just I, hindsight well, is twenty twenty. Twitter move, whatever you want to call it. Um, listen, I probably kicked there, but I'm not going to skewer him for having balls. Cause, right, but you, you know, he McCarthy, got angry about it too. I mean, McCarthy was pretty lit. Like, now, McCarthy, I feel like people think of him as not being aggressive. People yeah. think of him as being kind of vanilla, cookie cutter. But you could tell he wanted this one, like at at, at back in Lambeau. Yes. You know? Yes. And, you know, like you, you're trying to end it on that possession. You don't yeah. want to give the ball back right. to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I think that's what he's saying, too. It's like, yeah. I don't want to give the ball. If I have a chance to go down and score a touchdown, I don't want to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. Then that's, you know, like respectable, at least going right. for it. Yeah. Um, it. I know the numbers don't don't. The numbers were about equal either well, way. So the win the percentage was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't kill the guy. Right. You know, and it's the context of the game. The call on third down was a little bit more bothersome to me. I'm a big, like, if you know you're going on fourth down, make sure your third down call is is uh, is fitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, like, to, to throw at the best player in the secondary on third and four, Yeah. I mean, like, I don't love that. But you also know? there was there – that was a little controversial because the – Alexander did get there early. That was what you know. Early, a play. It was a little bang late, bang, but you know, my you know. family's just happy <laughs> Alexander got there. So, um, you know, big big win for them. I hope these two teams, Tampa and Green Bay, pick up some momentum yeah. because it's good for the league. Yeah. It is. The, the it, slates have been right. terrible because you have the goat quarterbacks who are kind of you know the old guard almost, and then you have the. Mahomes and the Josh Allen, so it's kind of a fun comparison to make, and it's, it's fun to see those guys. Win. Don't forget Tua, Tua too. Yeah, Tua played his ass off today. Yeah. He yeah. was phenomenal. Tua, Tua made some really beautiful throws today, and and we could go. It wasn't a marquee game, but but they balled, and um and you know he's he's ten touchdowns, no no int since he came back since week seven, concussion. and that yep. was a scary deal. So. Seriously. I'm yeah. glad he's good. Yeah, to come back from that so strong. I and, mean, and the defense played better against Cleveland. And Melvin Ingram had a 45% win, uh, pass rush win rate. I love it's what they've gotten out of him. But you know, they yeah. trade for Bradley Chubb. They lost Ogba today. 
They trade oh, for Chubb. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a luxury, you know, having Melvin Ingram. Right. You know, he's 30 something years old. He's walking totally around there with no gloves. Totally different looking than he looked in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, like, I know, but like kind of like it. he plays a different position I now. Know. You kind of love it though. I mean, he's still playing really well. He's made some it's huge like a Houston kind of like a Justin Houston kind of thing. Yes. Almost. You know, like a late, you know. And he did late, it in Kansas City last year. I know, but it's Want to watch guys like yeah. that succeed? I yeah. guess is kind of what we're getting at. Okay, so the other the other game, um, the Rams and Miami's in first place in the AFC East, which yeah, is no, like not how we drew it up. No. Right? I had them finishing second, not first. This is I I did not think they they would catch Buffalo, and I do think it's a product of you know Buffalo stumbling to a little bit. Like they 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 should they should be further out in front, including that game that they lost, and they're gonna want. Another shot at those guys. They're going to get it. Yeah. Because the first time they played, I'm not making excuses. Everybody's got to deal with injuries. Buffalo's probably saying, damn, we had a lot of guys down. It was 110 degrees down there. Miami had to play in that heat too. But uh, if you're Buffalo, you feel like, hey, I want to see these guys in, 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 you know, in our stadium. They're ready the, for the, the next East one. is interesting. It just feels so different this year than years past. It's, you know? it's deep. I know. It's years deep. past, it's one, maybe two. But like one, maybe two the teams, and now the it's division. Yep. And then, but they're you know, still in it. They're still right there, nipping That's at everybody. So yeah, but everybody in that division's getting better right now, and the Bills are getting worse. Mm -hmm. right, the Bills I, have big margins because they're very good. To lose a game like they did at home. You know, it happens. It, I know, but it, but the, but it, being up, that's the part. That but goes. I also think like Miami is. We beat that game to death. We yeah, we don't need to go back. Yeah, we. <laughs> I mean, we can move on a little yeah. bit. I just like Miami is playing hard. They seem like they're playing. They're very they're emotional. Fun. They're having it's fun. fun. They're having fun. You know, it's, Mike is fun. You can I, tell is he the a players coach. coach? That's, Fuck yeah, that right. Yes. Like, you know, like some players coaches are kind of old coaches that have been in the NFL. For, yeah. Like I think of like Bruce Arians, yeah. you know, when I played for him, like he's a guy that understands players yeah. in, the, in the NFL, in my opinion. And when you have a younger coach, sometimes you don't really know a first time head coach that's young. You yeah. don't really know what you're going to get as yep. a player, you know, and to see him kind of like, you know, fucking around in the, in the they're playing well, man. And they're yeah. good. And I kind of like him and I wasn't necessarily expecting to. I, I kind of was expecting it yeah. either. So I think the AFC East, especially the Dolphins, it's, it's very interesting. I do remember wow. Andrew Hawkins calling him the smartest football mind he's ever been yeah. around. And that was like, oh, that's and he's been around some very yeah, good coaching trees. Yep. Mm -hmm. you know? So, okay, Miami, Cleveland, that was a big win for the Dolphins. They're rolling. Yep. The Rams, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll start with another team that that, that was rolling in Kansas City and Jacksonville. Yep. Uh, Kansas City, they, they, they got something in Tony. Okay, like that's the lead for me in this game other than the fact that the linebackers were coming downhill, they were playing with a lot of emotion early. They came to play, After right? that hit that knocked out Juju, yeah, they, they were fired the guys up. Guys were getting fucking killed yeah. at second oh. level. MVS got blasted too. Yeah. Jacksonville, they're physical. And typical Dougie P fashion, like the, the Randy Marsh wheelbarrow award I want to give to him. <laughs> yeah. The, to, think about going on the road to Kansas City, okay? First thing you do is onside kick, open the game. But I, that's great. No, I know, but I'm saying like you got balls, right? Bro. Yeah, you got balls. Like we'll give Patrick yeah. Mahomes a short field. Fuck it. Yeah. And they were in the game yeah. for a little bit, and they had different chances. 2010, you know, like the whole thing. But they got something in Tony. That ball he caught on. They ran a reverse with him. He had a touchdown, his first of his career, I think. 
Well, it's fun um, when you get a player like that midseason, you kind of get them involved, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's interesting to see how quickly they can get him acclimated. Right. Because that ball he caught on the sideline, I don't know how high that guy jumped, but he went up and got that football. Springy. Man, you can see there's a lot of guys they have that are that are good players. Like, Juju's a good player. MVS, he adds something. You know, like, Kelsey's a game changer, right? Always. But outside, there's a difference between Kadarius Toney and the other guys that he's throwing the ball to. Yep. I can guarantee it. They're sitting in the film room tonight, and they're saying, we got something with this guy. Yeah. And this, the, could be, this could be something that – Like, let's get him going. You know? Yeah. And yeah. it's something that the defense, you know, you roll out MVS, what are they going to do here? You roll out Travis Kelsey, okay, he's going to work the middle of the field, but still, what do you? that's another X factor that the defense has to worry yeah. about. And, you know, because he's losing Tyreek Hill, you know, it's good to see it. Yeah. So, yeah. His, his first touch today was um, nine-yard touchdown catch, his first in the NFL. Then that's he had wild. a 32-yard jet sweep yeah, that set up another touchdown. Then it was the 23-yarder on the on the sideline that set up another touchdown. You almost touchdown. feel like Andy Reid has such a good feel how to get these guys involved, knowing their strengths and things like that. So that's – I mean, that's he, – he, But he's different. You know, like yeah. uh, what I'm saying is this is different, you yeah. know, from what he's been dealing with. Seriously. All right, so so the Rams, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't I, have much I, to say about this one. Chris. So I, I got some horse betting. I was horse betting yeah. with Sammy. <laughs> I got something to say about it. The Rams, the Rams, if I could find – so the Rams, I said this on Eisen last week. The Rams have the lowest floor in the division. And uh, today showed why, man. Like I know Stafford's down, but Colt McCoy was playing quarterback for the uh, for the Cardinals. And yeah, I know he's done that a long time and everything. And that's You just why. don't expect a ton out of Colt McCoy. You know, you don't. He he, he's proven that he can win games in spot starts. Yeah, All I'm yeah, saying is the Rams are not very good. And my question is, you're you're three and what are, what are you three and five? Are the Rams? They're sneaky, one of the worst teams in the league. Three and six now. Three and six. I know they didn't have Stafford, but is Stafford the future right now for you? Is he the near can, future? Can I, can I give a little two cents on this? There's a trend. You know, in the NFL, where you go all in on these, on, you know, your 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 window in the NFL is so brief, and you know how it's a copycat league, and we talk about that, and like, you know, the Bucks in 2020, like you go all in to win the Super Bowl when you feel like you can, and it's kind of like, damn the future, damn the consequences. Is that what the Rams are experiencing this year? You know, because they kind of sold a farm to to win that. Yeah, I think it's offensive of line injuries. I think it's That's, a whole host of things. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Stafford's old. I I, I um. I think they miss yeah. Von Miller. Von Miller leaving yeah. was a fucking gut punch for those guys. And they were so – they were willing to go out and overpay for Brian Burns to the tune of multiple first right. rounds. Which now they should be thinking they should be the thinking. stars. But you're trying to bring in a vet leader with Bobby Wagner to kind of, you know. Uh, Here's the thing, man. You, to what you're saying, it's fine to play that game that Lesney's played, right? It's, yeah. They're champs, Right. And those guys, it can never be questioned that thing worked out. And they got balls, man. Like, they're, yeah. they're the dudes in the sports book that are, like, another one. Yeah. You know, like, we're just going to keep firing. Yeah. But this year, you're 3-5. and five. 538 has projected them to finish 5 and whatever, 12? Mm-hmm. It's fucking insane. They're 3-6 and six now, right? 3-6 and six right now. The proje projections after this game is that they're going to finish 5-12. So the, and 12. the games they have left, Saints at Chiefs, Seahawks, Raiders at Packers, Denver at Chargers at Seattle. How many games are they favored in there? Two, two, yeah. maybe two. 
Maybe two. Maybe two. Maybe one. Raiders, and, and it's close in both one. those favorites. It's within five percentage points. It's Saints, the Raiders and the, went and the up to, Broncos. To Pittsburgh and looked terrible. Yep. Okay. So, but but here's the deal. You have a three, a four, a five, and a six next year in the draft. Do you move a a storied veteran? Yeah. Do you trade a guy that had, had brought Donald. you a championship? Mm. Bro, do you trade Jalen? Jalen yeah. uh, Jalen Ramsey. I'm not saying this disrespectfully. No, I get what you're saying. These guys are absolute goats. They have that, bro. What you're saying I, is how how much you commit to rebuilding. What I'm saying is, if I'm the Rams, I'm I'm posing you this question, yeah. GM Bo. And it's it sounds like it's one of those things you don't want to say out loud. How much can you get for Jalen Ramsey? How yeah. much can you get for Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald probably wants to win. I, Aaron Donald is deserves better than this i mean that's a hard yeah, one because you sold your soul to win the super bowl aaron donald does not deserve this the next couple years because because a team with that that roster picking a three a four a five and a six no first no second like i don't know how they get out of this hole next year bottom line is things are looking a little bit dark for the rams well no so the question is do you do that you could get a Tyree Kill like Hall for one of those guys. Aaron Donald's a friend of mine. Okay, love the guy, respect the guy, think the world of him as a person, as a fucking player. I have not talked to him about anything like this. Like I just, it was in my head today. I was like, Aaron wanted to retire. So exactly. You know, yeah. You think he wants to come back and play football after this? Like, I'm sure he will, because that's in his DNA. And it's easier said than done. Like, I'm done. Fuck this shit. I'm out. He very well might be happier somewhere like, like a contender. Like, there's a ton of teams that could use a corner. There's a ton of teams that could use a top five player in the NFL. Best defensive player in the NFL, depending on who you ask. And plenty of teams willing to pay for that haul bucks, to get yeah. either one of those players. So, that that will bring it back to the Rams, and that will give um, give those guys a spot to to run to make a Super Bowl. Run. I know this is is this a hot take? I would say it's it's pretty pretty pretty. Warm. It's getting there. But I isn't think it's it logical though. It's to completely ask the logical. You know, not many other people are thinking early, of, but you know, is it early? I think you're kind of getting on this one early, man. I mean, they suck. But it's thing. but it's a great. Yeah. They're point not going to bring anywhere. Up. They might not go anywhere next year. Yeah. Stafford might not be. Stafford might be done. Mm hmm. I like Stafford. I don't want. I don't want Who's to. your number two? Van Jefferson? Um, is it? Is it? Uh, is it? Is it? Is it Robinson? It hasn't worked out. The O line's all banged up. How healthy could the O line get? How many guys are you going to be able to find in the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth round? I guess you could keep foregoing capital uh, and grab you know a defensive player or two to bolster next year. I just feel like man, they're not that good. They're, there's a lot of holes in the roster. Yeah. Anyways, don't mind me. I'm just. Lighting oh, I like that. the podcast on fire and with that. Be, before before we run through those last couple games, Cliff became the only coach in the Super Bowl era with a winning record as an underdog. He's now 17-16-1 and a losing record as a favorite, 11 and 14. Yeah. The um the Cardinals are now 11 and 3 on the road uh since 2021 best record in football. It's weird. It's so weird. It's They're weird. the weirdest team ever. They're the weirdest team ever and it's nice that we're getting a little view into the weirdest team ever on uh in-season hard knocks. So what do we so yeah, so so Reed, we missed Lions, Bears, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and Denver, Tennessee. Run us through those cuz we didn't really see them. So real fast, the uh Lions big comeback 
Um, they scored 21 four straight, 21 straight fourth quarter points. Um, and it's the Lions' first victory when trailing by 14 plus entering the fourth quarter since Halloween night, 1993. They had lost 90, 98 previous such games. Uh, Jamal Williams had a um, one yard touchdown rush in the closing minutes. Goff had 236 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and they overcame a spectacular, spectacular effort by Justin Fields. I mean, he said it's another one of those where you add, you know, last five weeks he's been doing this, that, and the third. It's amazing. You know, just in um, another big running game, he had 147 yards rushing, two scores. He had 178 last week. Um, the highest rushing total by an NFL quarterback in re- regular season games since at least 1940. Only quarterback in the Super Bowl era with multiple rushing touchdowns of 60 plus yards in the same season. He threw a pick six in against the Lions and came right back and had a 67-yard touchdown rush. Reached the top end speed of 20 miles an hour. We, we talked about that earlier. And over the last earlier. two weeks, he outscored the Dolphins. Yep. You know, they, they had a, a punt block for a touchdown. He had them in this game. Fucking kickers, right? Guy, guy missed it. I and mean, he had him winning the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, defense blew it, and the kicker missed the kick. Uh, I didn't see all the throws in between. I'm sure he had a couple he wants back, but this kid is going places. He's going places. Dude. And that confidence has got to be soaring. I mean, you heard early in the season, it's like, oh, his confidence isn't there. He's missing guys a little bit. Are the coaches, you know, is it the right fit? And now he is slinging it Walk through and this casino, moving. Reed, and ask, I'll pay you $100 if you can find me a guy that can name five people on the Bears offense. Right, exactly. Not I named I, Cole Komet. I, I will 100% do that. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. Yeah. I, Cody White. Name, backs, name right? an offensive no, lineman. Like, no one can yeah, name an offensive lineman. That's the thing is like, he's just not surrounded by a bunch of talent, but he's got Montgomery and, They're and, finally and Herbert. Building an offense out to his strength. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, no question. Did it, why are we. Why did it take what, seven weeks? Eleven? Right. What, what the fuck? Well, Pitts- they didn't want to win too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, and, Pittsburgh, and, or sorry, no, go yeah, go Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, New Orleans. Uh, welcome what ha- back. What happened? Well, be- welcome back, TJ Watt. Yeah, um, you look good. The the Steelers finally got to run the ball a little bit. Najee Harris, who has had a really hard time getting it to, getting it going, he almost touched hundred yards for the first time this year. He went uh, ninety nine on twenty carries. P- George Pickens had a rushing touchdown. Yeah. Kenny Pickett had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Pittsburgh ran for a season best two hundred seventeen yards. And had zero turnovers the first time this season, or third time this season. They're three and zero in all three of those games. Yeah. No, and and hey, it's a big shot in the arm to have TJ back. And and the damn Saints are the most disappointing team in football. Seriously, like honestly, because the Bucks they they could still compete, right? They might win the mm-hmm. division. They might do. I mean, they you know, should they win a. They could win a playoff game. Right. I don't know. The Packers, you still got Aaron Rodgers. I just felt like New Orleans was a lot better. I you know you. Everyone really did, and they've had some injuries on the, you know, in their wide receiver core. They have to rely on a on a rookie wide receiver who's really shown up for him. Yeah. Um, but it seems like their defense isn't quite. There's up a to lot the of task. teams like that this season where, yep. you know, preseason you're like, oh my god, this yeah. team is gonna be great. The Raiders, yeah, you know, rip the bandaid the, off on your Broncos, and then we can get dimensions and get out of here. Seven first quarter punts, rough one. Yeah, I just kept looking up in the sports book, and it was it was three and outs, three and outs, three and outs. Our punter kept running on the field. Okay, another boom. But then we'd see Russ come right back and be like, all right, we're in it. Russ is going to, yeah. you know, and we had a, he had a great shot down the field. Um, prayers up to Jerry Judy. I hope it's not a, a season ender. Um, but, great. yeah, it, it did not look good. Um, big shout out to Nick Westbrook-Akina. 
Tennessee had gotten 658 receiving yards from all their wide receivers combined over the first nine weeks of the season. That was that graphic that you saw against A.J. Brown, where A.J. Brown had had out-received the Titans receiver. He today had 119 yards and two touchdowns um, onto – you know, against the best secondary in the NFL. Yeah. So he showed up big. Ryan Tannehill was finding him. There was one where two defenders ran into each other. So, you know, that's, you know, so take... Broncos you know, football. Yeah, Broncos football. <laughs> yeah, Broncos <laughs> um, country. Broncos country, let's ride. Yeah, Russell Wilson run. was... I mean, every time you look it up, he was getting sacked. Um, 47.9%. He was pressured on his drop back, six sacks. Uh, he's been sacked three-plus times in seven straight games, extends the longest streaks of his career. He'd never been sacked in uh, six-plus, never had six-plus straight with Seattle. It's so funny because the damn the damn Broncos could be more like Tennessee. Yep. I mean, they don't have Derrick Henry, but they could play physical. They could they yep. could muddy it up, but they're just... They're lost in the sauce, man. They, yeah, lost just, in the sauce. Oh, Giants-Houston, we forgot about that game. Um, How could you? How could you? Giants are now seven and one in games decided by eight or fewer points, uh, and zero and one in decide in games decided eight or more points. The they're the opposite Bills. Um, the Bills blow teams out, but lose the close ones. Uh, and the Giants are seven and two this season, best start since two thousand eight. So that's not a quarterback stat, right? Even though right. Josh is messing because you're not going to tell me that, that 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 Daniel Jones is a better player than. What it is is Brian Dable's a hell of a football coach. Isn't the, isn't the Giants' schedule pretty weak? They know exactly who yep. they are. That's the thing about the Giants. They know exactly who they yeah. are. And some teams don't know who they are. Like, we were just talking about Denver. I have no yeah. fucking idea who they are. Yeah. And, and they have no idea who they are. No one knows. Yeah. So, so, and so, and yeah. we'll put the Band-Aid back on Denver. Yeah, so but. the Giants started bringing them back. <laughs> yeah, all good. But um, Saquon. Huge day, 135 yards rushing. Um, Daniel Jones, 153.3 passer rating, uh, highest passer rating of a, in a game this season. Um, the Giants seem to come into the game planning to run the ball against the league's worst defense. Uh, and he, Jones handed the ball off 42 times to uh, running the balls. He carried another five times as himself. Supply, 191 yards rushing as a team. Um, big, big, big win to to keep it rolling for the Giants. Okay, um, so quick, quick uh, mentions. What you like? Quick um, flights. Quick, you hit, you hit your flights real fast. Yeah, I got some for that. I mean, we talked about the Vikings earlier. Kirk Cousins been kind of wild and out in the flights. Maybe he got a little crazy on the one back from uh, Buffalo. However, I want to say best flight and worst flight. Quick combination is uh, Tampa Bay. Best flight for about three hours because you're flying home from Germany to Tampa. And you're like, oh, my God, we just got a fucking huge international wind. This is electric. You know, you're kind of wild now with the boys in the plane. And then you maybe take a nap, wake up. Hey, we're probably almost home. No, bitch, you got about four more hours of this flight left. <laughs> yeah. So that's the worst flight also. Combination of the best flight and the worst flight. But the true worst flight is the Seattle Seahawks flying all the way home from Germany to Seattle after a fucking loss. That's horrible. Okay, so best flight. To me, very clearly, the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, that had to be a riot. That flight yeah. had to be so fun. Especially after a game like that. So damn fun. Such a roller coaster. All the teammates are waiting for Kirk on the plane, like the Adam Sandler gif yeah. from the oh, yeah. jewelry movie oh, where yeah. he's holding up the chain. Oh, yep. You're talking about Ankai Jam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle holding Ryan. it up for, for <laughs> Kevin Gardner. So, so I'm going to go worst flight New Orleans, man. Yeah. You know? Yep. That sucks. <laughs> hey, you just lost to Kenny Pickett? Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Hey, you could have won the division this year, Seriously. but you've been fucking sleepwalking and Andy Dalton's been throwing the ball to the other team. That sucks. 
Yep. A um, couple other. I want to do viewing party award. You know, yeah. that's a new one for me because usually yeah. we don't do that on a Tuesday. But my viewing party award is obviously going to be the Vikings and the Bills while we're on that. But it's at the sports book. How fucking electric was that? Was that? that was my first sports book experience. I don't know if I've seen Chris. I don't know if I've seen you that excited since our Super Bowl win. Yeah. And you were fucking jumping into my arms. Yeah, I was it jumping. I haven't, nice. I haven't seen Chris that excited since Carolina, the yeah. Carolina game yeah, two Carolina, weeks ago. Yeah, Carolina, two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. He took DJ, his shirt off. DJ Moore until he took his helmet <laughs> off. So I'll give you some more superlatives and or oh, mentions in a couple of days. Um, more Miller like but, uh, but I will say this uh, Bevel Conway was probably Bama Old Miss yeah, yeah. gorgeous I mean, like they, they probably wrapped that thing and up they, I know you could say Denver or you could say Dallas and, and Green Bay that's what I classic have. and that's everything. a tired take yeah. but that's yeah. a classic nostalgic NFC matchup but damn I'll be damned if those Old Miss uh, Powder Blues don't look great in the cold I agree yeah you can every tell. year Alabama Old Miss is, way, is just SEC, gorgeous cold weather Fayetteville is Freaking looks like the frozen tundra down yeah. there. Meaningful football is going on, man. It's November. Yeah. It was awesome, man. It, uh, and I, um, I wanted to shout this kid out. Ohio State's Cameron uh, Bob. Is that his name? Bob? First touchdown, fifth-year senior. He's torn his ACL four times. So that dude, shout out to that guy. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State in a blowout gets this kid the ball. Uh, I don't know him. I was happy for him. Uh, this and, season and in the program, graduated with a degree in communications. Four ACLs. Uh, and then shout out to Vandy. They won their first SEC game since 2019. And Will Levis, I don't know how high he's going to go, but you know, losing to Vandy's tough. For losing me. to Vandy's tough. That, we that might being on the resume is tough for your boy if I'm a GM. Yep, we might hear uh, some more on that when Macon talks to Nicole Auerbach yep. later yep. in the show. Coming but um, we're going to hear – from uh, Robert Mathis yep. talking oh, some indie yeah. Las Vegas. We met the who's who of, of who's who's. Yeah. Again, we were hanging out with Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. That's huge. He's gonna come on um, uh, on the show. Uh, we're gonna have him on later this week. We're gonna later this week. We'll we'll pop that out uh, late in the week. And so enjoy Robert Mathis, who's about to join us now, and uh, Nicole on the tail end of the show. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down. Don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. So I got Robert Mathis in the house. We've got uh, Robert in the Blue Wire Studios, fancy Blue Wire Studios. He was admiring the signage behind me. This nice. Is- yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to have a great pass rusher in the building. It is. We also ran into it. And Robert little... Mathis is here, too. Yeah, okay, that's funny. That's a fucking good one right up. You're on the fucking board. Not it, baby. Come All on. Right, so then we saw Lamar Houston and Trevor Scott in the yeah. hallway. So it's like a defensive Saw end. Frosty Rucker around Frosty Rucker, too. it's pass rusher convention yeah. in the wind, bro. Kind of fun. Guys out here. Yeah, there's yeah. some guys out here. Starting with uh, the one and only Robert Mathis. He's one of my favorite guys to watch. And, um, you know, he'd been on green light before, but... Good to catch up in person, man. How you doing? I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Oh, having a good time. So yeah. 
all good things come to an end. I got to fly out in the morning, but I appreciate being on the show. Yeah, yeah hell you, yeah, man. We all whole got day for you though, man. You're at the yeah. game. You're at. You're, you're How at was the, the stadium? If there was anything that was classic Vegas, is that stadium? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it's a new stadium and a great atmosphere. But it was literally a club going on during the game behind <laughs> yeah. me. So it was like they clearly didn't come to watch the game. Yeah, so it's like could be like twenty thousand people back there clubbing and another 70,000 watching a game. So it was definitely Vegas. Yeah, dude, I got to go there last year to watch the Eagles and the Raiders and how different things are now. Like yeah. I, the, the the Eagles got boat raced last year and Jalen didn't look that great. And like yeah. now he's a fucking MVP candidate and the Ra Raiders look terrible, Right. which I'm sure you love to see. Uh, <laughs> the Raiders looking terrible uh, today. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was more so because of, if you remember, a couple of years ago, Josh McDaniels, he's he 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 back he 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 back slid on us. Yeah, the coach he was supposed. What happened to, there, dude? I don't know. And I was actually a coach on the uh, on the staff. Were you really? Yeah. It, I mean, but I guess that's what you get doing doing business with the Patriots. Yeah, no question. <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, we're a I was there every year. I got some. I got some yeah, buddies Chris out there, a, but, but I definitely was looking over my shoulder. Patriots, I was yeah. looking over my shoulder. I was yeah. looking over my shoulder. I was, you know. Yeah. I, you you can't assume, you know, you're saying anything in that building that right. it's not recorded or it's right. not going back upstairs. And or, you you're under surveillance. It's you know, like, like 1984 we, in there, man. We'd be bitching at our at our lockers, and we were kind of joking. I would joke about it. You now I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but I'd be like, <laughs> I, I got to be careful what I'm saying. You know, you you know how buildings have like runners that run upstairs and tell people what the guys in the locker room are saying well, yeah. that sort of thing we call them snitches, snitches. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't want to be yeah but it is it yeah. is what it is well it's like when you go to like a sketchy airbnb you kind of look around to see if there's any like hidden cameras yeah. or hidden yeah. mics anywhere except for this is like you know you're in fox i don't Bro, know so check like hearing what i'm complaining about <laughs> the practice it's, script dude, it's so. gonna get back to them yeah. somehow yeah yeah and us as players we couldn't really talk about that it just sound like okay, you're just just crying over spilled milk. But uh, yeah, that stuff was real. Yeah, yeah. They're they were listening. Yeah, I remember Maybe. another story. Well, I'm sure it's different even too because you said like you were on staff at that point. So like, yeah, people talk up there upstairs too. That's so <laughs> interesting. The, the Josh thing was interesting, you know. And I I would love to know what the hell happened there because it seemed like he you know, but um. Maybe we're never going to know. Um, you were on the staff there, and one of the hot-button topics this week was obviously we were talking about it off um, mic. You know, Jeff Saturday, right? Like, guy you played with, guy that seems like, you know, and I never played with him, but I got to know him a little bit, is just revered by everybody. Mm -hmm. And probably the only guy that could make this work where people aren't really pissed off about it and you had an interesting take on this whole thing. What is Jim Irsay thinking, and how would you feel if you were on the staff? Because that's what a lot of people are talking for Kevin Mawai, and they're talking for, you know, uh, who else is on that staff? There? Reggie, Reggie Wayne. Wayne. Reggie Wayne. Yeah. Was, is Cato oh, yeah. there? Cato uh, June. Uh, yeah. Wasn't it John Fox? Yeah, yeah. John Fox. He has had coaching experience. Yeah. You know? So how would you feel, and why do you think he did it? Ah, because I know him. I got to speak from a, a personal standpoint. If there was maybe two or three guys that can pull pull the pull that off, it's him. Yeah. Because he was the true leader, like in all departments during our run in the two thousands. He was the guy that would get in your face as a player. He would he would he would go check coaches if need be. He would go to the front office, let them have it too. 
Yeah. He was a guy. He was he represented, the, I guess, the epitome of what what Coates is. Right. And him coming in, I know he's he he's a leader of men. So yeah. with no coaching experience, that was a I was like, ooh, yeah, yeah. But I know Jim Irsay, say he thinks outside the box. He if you if you think you're gonna guess what he's gonna do, yeah, he's gonna hit you with one of these moves. Playing three D chess, man. <laughs> so uh, from a, yeah personal standpoint, and what I know of him. I, I'm with it. Yeah. From a coaching standpoint, ooh, you know. Yeah. Well, here's but, the thing. I think it's interesting because you saw that press conference with, you know, Ursay and Chris Ballard and, uh, you know, Jeff Saturday, and it was a little – it was kind of long. There was a lot going on there. But then – They did it Saturday, during Monday Night Football too, which was slick. But then Jeff Saturday so came then, in they were and like, he Let's crushed the next, yeah. you know, conference. And he was up front with the media and he was very direct. And then I think, like – same thing, like what you said. He's a leader of men. He says, I know what it takes to like, be successful at this level. I've been around it. And the Colts played really hard today. Yeah, I think it's funny how something so simple as like just motivating the guys to play really hard, it, I think it's, it seems so simple, but it can really go a long way. And it look, they look pretty good today, and they got to win. You know. Also, what I do know, know you got to give Jim Irsay his props. He knows football. He has a high IQ, and he wants to get back to what we were. Yeah, and you bring Jeff in there, you gotta just automatically think that's the segue to Peyton. Yeah. You gotta get yeah. Peyton in that building in some shape, form, or fashion. I think if you if it's gonna happen, <laughs> Jeff is the guy to get him in that building. So you think he's playing chess that way? I do. Like Peyton's watching Jeff, and yeah. see like, I hey, if, I do. I know if Peyton Jeff Saturday to- can do it. I can do it. A little nah, jealousy there, a little competition. Not saying, coaches, he's, like front office. He wants types, him to be in the front office. Some, Interesting, some, yeah. Boss, yeah. some boss type stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. But why hasn't he come? But you think it's just he's just got a good gig out there? Or? Yeah, Peyton is a type. He wants ownership, uh, front office type. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he wants to do the coaching per se. But uh, if it's if it's one guy that can get him in, it may be Jeff. That's because so Peyton has a lot going on. Yeah, and he looked like he enjoying himself. So, yeah. but. That's kind of what I see. I can see that happening. Another thing that's crazy about, you know, like Jeff coming back and, and, and you know, decision they make this week is you're a vet on that team. Let's say you're Quentin Nelson or you're somebody that, like, mm-hmm. you kind of walk a line between knowing when to hit the reset button on a team. Like, are we, are we good enough to keep giving this an honest try to risk the 17 mil that you might have to pay Matt Ryan if he gets dinged, right? Because if he's hurt the third day of the league year next year, uh, and he can't pass the physical, right. they they're on the hook for seventeen. Mm-hmm. So the thinking was, it seemed like this team was dead, right? And Jeff <laughs> comes in, and he's like, "No, we're gonna play Matt Ryan." Jeff don't he doesn't give a damn about any of that. He team. wants to win, right? He wants to win right. because we were on that 2011, 2 and fourteen team. Yeah, and like I said, Jeff was the captain, and we were all there. Dufrini, myself, Reggie. Uh, Dallas Clark, Gary Brackett, all these guys. And so we know what it's like to have a, a suck season. Yeah. And we're not going to – and I know he's not the type that's going to lay down. Right. So he's coming in. He wants to win, put Matt Ryan back in, get the O-line going. And uh, they, uh, I guess they got reinvigorated. So yeah. it, it looks that's, – that's how it looked. They're not out of it to you? No. Yeah? No. But that they got a upcoming, they got a stretch coming up like that's kind of brutal. You got really? the Eagles, you got the Vikings, you got Giants, uh, and ooh, 
we, we we're about to see what they're made of now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Dallas, you got the whole NFC East. Yeah. So we, we're about to find out. And how about uh, Matt Ryan running 17 miles an hour? <laughs> I saw that. He looked like a more more mobile Carson Wentz. That's what I said to Chris. That, I saw that. that. <laughs> 17. I, I hit up Reed and I was like, dude, we got to get the NGS stats. Yeah. yeah, I don't believe that. <laughs> 17? No. You think, you think, you think they, they fabricated that? Yeah, they, they, they fluffed that one. Because honestly, I did not have him at 17. If Justin Fields was going 20 miles an hour, on that touchdown run today. You can't tell me that Matt went 17. <laughs> it was funny. You know, I might, we, was. we might be truthers on this thing or something because, like, you know, the radar gun's not working. 17 or, yeah. No, sir. We were clocking him. We had that. But how fucking scared do you think Jim Irsay was when he was running 17 miles an hour? Like, if this dude's hamstring Seriously. explodes and we owe him $17 million, I'm going to be fucking mad, <laughs> dude. Matt Ryan's a big hydration guy. His hamstring yeah, would never hydrated. go. He was ready to no, go. He's not fast enough to pull his damn hamstring. That's, uh, that's why I never pulled my hamstring. Rob, miles. one thing we were talking about, too, is like, you know, Jeff Saturday, obviously a highly accomplished player, but when you go from, you know, football is evolving. And it feels sometimes like a year in NFL time is like a decade in mm-hmm. normal people time. And it's funny to watch how the game evolves over time. And Chris and I were saying, like, we're kind of old heads now, right? So yeah. we're over here in the sports book watching the game, <laughs> bitching about younger players and, you know, how flashy they are, like how they'll celebrate like a, you know, a DB will celebrate a PBU when it's like a ball that sailed over a wide receiver's head <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, or like yeah. the thing that kills me is like an uh, interior defensive lineman, like going crazy after a tackle for like a four yard gain, you know, something yes, like yeah. that. Yeah. So I, was, I wanted to ask you, like, if you feel, <laughs> if you have any old head gripes, you know, that you want to make about the game these days, because. When you're an old player, you're kind of a little bit of a hater, you know. I, you, I, I you definitely still think that you got it. Like yeah. the three of us, you could roll us out there on the yeah. field today, and we could play in our minds, <laughs> yeah. you know. So I was wondering if you have any kind of comments along those lines of, of, of you know, little old head gripes about the game or defensive linemen that you want to make. Before I get into quarterbacks, because I, I'm always going at the quarterback. Right. It's this, I guess, the last two or three. Well, it started with the COVID year, where. The defense make a play and everybody yes. runs into the end zone. Yes, and, and it's a whole production, man. Doing yeah. that little deal, like, yeah, bro, what yeah. Are y'all doing? And like, like, come on, come yeah, on, yeah, come well, on. Like, they started. You got to get the that. picture for the gram, dude. Yeah. That's what that's for, for real. Yeah. They did start doing that towards the end there, yeah. and and like I think my last year they were doing it, and I was like, dude, we have to fucking play defense yeah, for a yeah, second yeah i'm i'm not you get a pick six do, like i'm you sorry run everyone in the end zone it's exhausting <laughs> and you know like sometimes you know like schwartz or whatever <laughs> yeah. like d d coordinators will be like teammates. go celebrate i'm like yeah if they want to celebrate right here i will celebrate yeah, all right, day yeah. with them but if they want to run 40 yards on the field that's not yeah. Any, anything beyond 20 yards I'm, yeah we can <laughs> yeah. celebrate on the sideline or else we'll see you after <laughs> you ran game, a, a good way sometimes after sacks but that yeah, but 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 that's just you that's you but that's you like it you know, if my if like Robert Quinn after a sack ran thirty yards, like yeah. to celebrate on the logo, I'm not going with you, big oh, no. guy. Hey, like, if that, I make the best play in my career, I'm doing one of these. Yeah, just one of those to get to the fucking get to the sideline. Yeah, get to the sideline. See you guys on the sideline. So, what about the quarterbacks, man? Oh man, where do we start? Oh, <laughs> uh, how much they just it, first off, it's inconsistent. With yeah. How? What? What? Okay, are you protecting them? Uh, what yeah. what are we doing? Can they not chip their fingernail polish? Can, I yeah. mean, what what are we yeah. doing? But it was Chris Jones. It was they played the Colts a couple of weeks back. He got up and said something to Matt Ryan and got a flag, and that turned the game. They're getting protected emotionally too, man. Tom Brady gets tackled. He got tackled yeah. by Grady Jarrett. 
a flag and it turned the game. And it was another incident that I forgot. But we can't what 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 can they do? What can't they do when in in regards to quarterbacks? You can't now you can't say anything to them. Yeah. You can't tackle them. You can't push them. You can't do nothing. So it's tougher to be a pass rusher in today's game, I I I feel than than when we came up. But those are my gripes. It's like man, man, we always say soft. I don't want to say soft. No, I love but that. The only word I can think about is soft. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to. I want that was a really um, big penalty, man. The Chris Jones penalty. I, yeah. I want to say it's funny. Like the Chiefs, one of their only losses this year was to y'all, and um, you know that that was the last drive of the game. And Chris Jones got up and said something, and I'm still wondering to this day what the fuck he said. I'm wondering as well. Can you get that information? You ask somebody in the culture. Hey, what did Chris what Jones did- say, dude? Because how bad could it be to get 15 yards? And I remember as a player how much stuff is said on his Seriously, head. Like, Disrespectful. What could he like, possibly say it yeah. that, that for that? You yeah. Know? yeah. Or like a guy will say something to you and you're just like, oh, shit. And then just you're kind of moving on. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like part of the thing. You're <laughs> yeah. not even that worried about it. But for him to say something that kind of really stopped the presses and got a, yeah. you know. It, it turned again. Here's, here's a question for you, Rob. Like you said, you know, how much protection quarterbacks get and stuff like that. And these days it feels like these quarterbacks are huge. Like Josh Allen, we're watching him today. Yeah. He's like 6'5", yoked up. And we we always complain about how hard it was to sack Cam Newton, you know, a couple of years ago. Is there anyone like – who is the hardest guy back in your head? It's like where you you can get a clean win and then you can't – you still have to sack the quarterback. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, like there's uh, a lot of fucking athletic big quarterbacks. That, like Ben Roethlisberger comes in, to mind. Interesting story. My f- rookie year, 2003 – we're playing Buffalo. Drew Bledsoe. I come of the podcast. He was just here. Yeah. yeah. Did you see we him at the here? sports book with him today? He Great so, guy. I didn't. I didn't. I He's huge. Him. He's a big yeah. guy. Me, Dwight Freeney, and Gary Brackett were all hanging on him. Yeah. Get him down, and you know they blew the whistle, and we still couldn't get him down. Yeah. Yeah. And this is my rookie year. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like he was a, a big dude, yeah. but the hardest QBs were Big Ben. Yeah. And Steve McNair. Yeah. Yeah, Steve McNair. I mean, he would, they both cut because they could both run. Yeah. And they're strong. They would stiff arm you to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> run you over, run through you, run around you, run past you. And it was just – it was just a beast trying to get those guys down. And I was actually drafted by the coach, my D-line coach, John Tierling. He said, we drafted you and Dwight to go chase Steve McNair because yeah, yeah. he was giving them problems. Yep. Down in Tennessee, and so he was the reason I was drafted. Well, yeah. A big reason, no so, question. Yeah, but those are the two biggest guys to tackle. Who, who is your favorite guy to sack? Because we played in Philly, and we <laughs> loved Eli. Yeah, yeah, Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. All day, yeah. all day. Yeah. Tom Brady. Because it was so hard. It was because yeah. he. It was like two second yep. from yeah. snap to uh, throw. Yeah, it was tough to get to him. So you can get to him and get him. He down. Takes it personally too. They do. So whenever you get him early, and he starts bitching at his old lineman. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. We got you now. Yeah, if you see him yelling and mm-hmm. shit. We, yeah, okay. we got you now. What do you think? Do you think um do you think the Rogers stuff, like he looked like he turned the corner a little bit today? They started figuring it out a little bit with uh with Watson and that sort of thing. He had a bunch of catches and um do you think it's as simple as, hey, um they're not, you know, there's not enough weapons out there? Do you yep. is, you think it's that simple for him? I do. I do. I mean, he's talent wise, he's like one, 
two yeah. ever yeah. talent arm yeah. talent. Yeah. But if you don't have anybody to throw it to, yeah. you're 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 mediocre. Yeah, they're having a mediocre season because he doesn't have anybody to throw it to. No question. Like but Peyton, he had Marvin Harrison first round, Reggie Wayne first round, Dallas Clark first round, Adrian James first round, mm-hmm. uh, jo- Joseph Adai first round. He had people around him, and on top of him being a generational talent, you know that he produced what he produced. How hard was that? Like, did they used to? You know, when you go in a team period, they used to run that kind of, you know, kind of checks at the line. I remember we used to play y'all, and we wouldn't, we'd get down our stance, be tired. I, my arm would be tired, wait, yeah. you know, like waiting for Peyton to get settled. And, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I I'd be on a knee, you know, like, and our yeah. coach would be yelling at us, like, don't fucking take a knee, bro. He'll snap the ball. Like, did you guys used to have to rep against that in practice? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And then I had the pleasure of playing against him 2013 when he was in Denver. Yeah. And I I took a knee because I knew he was about to go through <laughs> yeah, all dude. this. Um, I, and it's, you know, when you play with some practice, practice with somebody, like him and Andrew Luck, I started to pick up on their cadence. Like I know when this is for real and I know when this is some some Omaha stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah, it was abs- ab- absolutely, absolutely. Do you think Andrew Luck could still play if he if – he- Gave it six. If months. he wanted to, yes, he's Andrew Luck. He just yeah. he just want to read books and just be Andrew Luck, man. Yeah, and it, the burnout's real. He was burnt out. He was burnt out. Yeah, it's. I mean, I can even as a pass rusher. I mean, you know, life's hard enough, but I can only imagine if you get blamed for everything and you're not getting protected. And, come on, you know, come so, on. Um, how about this defensive player of the year this year? I mean, like, uh, there's a few guys up there at the top. But, Unlike in years past, there's just no Aaron Donald's having a, by his standards, down year statistically. It's hard to rush on a team like that right now. Right. Um, you know, that Miles Garrett's, their team's pretty suspect <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. You know, so DPOY, there's Micah, there's Nick Bosa, Judon's been talked about. Well, we're we're a little partial to Quinn and Williams. We Quinn had Williams him on the pile last balling. week. He's been playing really well. If Who do you, you like, man? If you think I'm going to name anybody outside of a pass rusher, you're, exactly. you're, you're tripping. <laughs> this is a D-line yeah. pod. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Uh, uh, Parsons, yeah, and Bosa, yeah. Those are my. That's I. I think it's a two man race. I would agree yeah. with you. Yeah, I I love Miles Garrett. If I like, you know, you watch some guys and you're like, man, if I could just steal one guy, you know, the movie Like Mike, where you're like, am I gonna get some, <laughs> good. let me get some Miles Garrett shoes? Yeah, be Miles Garrett, just you know, six five, two eighty five, with that bend and that be able to do the, the ghost technique. Yeah, I just want to know. What it, just, let me wake up for a day. <laughs> He's the best pure pass rusher in the league, in my opinion, and this is coming from a lead pass rusher. TJ, yeah. T, now, Woo. I, yeah, that's you that's, don't think so. <clears throat> pure pass rusher. How do we define pure pass rusher? He has what, so when many, people say that. What do we? So what do we mean? Moves in the bag, like I think that you could line him up as a zero, as no, a two I, as you, a three tech, as a one technique, as a five. Me a as three. A give me a top three. And well, I mean, I think we kind of just named it. If we're talking about DPOY, if I'm talking about no, pure, no, no, that, that, no, that's Garrett, just be, just <clears> best Bosa, pass rushers. Nick Bosa, uh, Miles Garrett, and Michael Parsons. You did not opinion. name TJ Watt. TJ Watt does not <laughs> fucking stop, dude. No, TJ Watt is like the fucking the in Terminator when he just won't die. Mm-hmm. You know the bad Terminator, yeah, that killed the lady through the milk carton with the the sword. Yeah, yeah, it just won't stop. You're talking dude. about that's, Terminator too, whatever the fuck it is. He's he's. I get he's an elite version of Kyle Vandenbosch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, he wouldn't stop. Yeah. So here's the thing, Rob. Is like I was a 
you know, first and second down grinding nose guard. Okay. So like I never got the opportunity to pass rush. So I love watching (laughs) pass rushers. Mm -hmm. I'm figuring out like, okay, if I get one fucking rep, this is what I'm going to hit. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Like you have to steal rushes when you're only playing in base on first and second down. True. And so that's why I kind of love watching all these pass rushes. Why, why it's so fun to talk to you and Chris sometimes. So, so, so this is funny. I used to fucking Brian Byrne. uh, Yeah. Yeah. In Carolina. Yeah. He's now, pretty that's good. That's a pure rusher yeah. right there. Cause, yeah. Because he's not he's not setting an edge. Yeah. 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 He's going to get the quarterback. Yeah. He's going to, especially now, on a bad team. If I know? if I want to now, hey, how about Justin Houston still playing good? Yeah. Playing yeah. really good. Yeah. Even still that, productive. Uh, what's that, the, is that the class of 2011? It's a great class. It's like five guys in with Robert Quinn. Sacks. Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. JJ Watt. JJ Watt. Oh, uh, was Von Miller? Uh, um, and uh, and and guy who just retired up in Washington, Kerrigan. Ryan Kerrigan so, and so, Cam Jordan. Yep. Great rushers, man. You know, if I was to tell you my favorite guy, my favorite guy that I love watch playing, and I know he's not the best, but he's up there, is Zadarius Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is just a fucking dog, dude. Mm. And he can move up and down the line, yeah. and he can win with, you know, he's not he's not got speed like you had, but what he has, and I'm partial to watching power rushers sometimes because I can relate a little bit more to how right. they, you know, and um, he just... You every game he disrupts, even if he doesn't have three sacks, he other yeah. people eat off him. So my favorite probably right now, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons. I put TJ Watt up there, Miles Garrett, and then um who did I just mention? I, I like I, Matt Judon too. I mean, he's I think he has twelve sacks this year, but he they do a lot of interesting stuff. They, they ask guys those guys to do a lot mm-hmm. in New England, you know, like we yeah. were shitting on him earlier, but you yeah, know, those outside those edge rushers in New England yeah. have a lot of freedom. DPOY is anybody's race this year, man. I mean, like the the guy with the most sacks in the league is Matt Jude on eleven and a half sacks. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, how about that? Your Parks and Rec? Uh, yeah. Question? So this, this is a this little is, off basis, I, but I, you know, it's funny. Like you get to meet Robert Mathis. You're like, well, oh, great football player. I but talk I'm to really about excited about Parks and Rec. <laughs> so I want to ask you about Parks and Rec because I love Parks and Rec, right? And you had the <laughs> you had the pleasure of you know. Join in, uh, you know, Leslie Nope and the gang on the show, and I had to ask you about it, you know, because I think that's so fun, man. It was fun. They, It was how they brought it to us was, like, after practice. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was, like, it was myself, Luck, and Reggie Wayne that, yeah. that particular year, and they was like, they need y'all to do some skits. I'm like, man, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they told us what it was, and like, oh, okay, it's pretty – Pretty harmless. We'll do it. So we had to go all the way downtown yeah. to the stadium and and film it. And uh, they said, "Here are your lines." And so now I have a great respect for actors. It, yeah. it took me a, a, quite a few takes just to do that little yeah. what I just said. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a fun deal. And so I didn't know much about Parks and Rec until I love that, that show, man. Until yeah. that. And so a lot of people gave me a lot of shit after they saw that. So it was a good time. It was a good time. Well, it's funny because, like, sometimes during the season you sign up for stuff or, like, people in the building will will approach you about, like, media events or, you know, some charity stuff. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I got you. And then the day rolls around and you're like, this is the last fucking thing I want to do, you know? (laughs) So Well, especially if you haven't seen the show. I'm telling you, man, Parks and Rec's a great show. I didn't didn't know it was as pop because I didn't know about it. And it's like. Yeah, a lot of people came out of the woodwork. Like I want, you're like, oh shit, you watch that show too. Here's my here's my last question because you just talking about Kyle Vandenbosch, it triggered something in my brain. Um, When I was in college, my dad, I had a little DVD player, Mm -hmm. and he was like, watch this guy. You know, he's like, you need to have effort, like you know, like 
No, Man. so I had my little DVD, you know, back in the day. Yeah. We actually yeah. Yeah. We, we got it out of the mud. Hey, we, we didn't, have, DVDs huddle. And we didn't have huddle so, in high pages. school, bro. We couldn't just chop up highlight tapes. You yeah. Know? Yeah. We come from the Walkman era. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so I just, it made me wonder, you know, like I used to watch Van and Bosch. Like, who did you watch when you were a young player? Like, hey, even when you were in college, you know, who, who did you think this is a good guy for me to comp and model my game after realistically? Actually, Derek Thomas. I watched him growing up, yeah. and that's why the the way I tackle quarterbacks is I watched him. The tomahawk, yeah. Yeah. secure the sack, and tomahawk the ball out is by watching him. And after that, it became uh, it was that's when Javon Curse came on the scene because yeah. he was like the first, well, outside of De uh, Derek Thomas, the first speed edge guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, although he six five or whatnot, <clears throat> and then really Dwight and myself, we were the first, I guess, short. Fat, yeah. short guy. So, yeah. And then now it's just, man, you got speed. It's just everywhere. It's all everywhere now. Well, Doomerville. Yeah, Doomerville. Doomerville. So he came Don to Randall, was 06, you know? yeah, a few yeah. years after. after, after, yeah. after I, but, yeah, he was shorter. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. We, we got the movement going. Well, it's, well, look really at it. it's, Donald, it's about arm length, not height. His arms is long. It's about arm length. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, what good is it for me to be 6'6"? I mean, you know, unless I'm yeah. just going to be stuck at the line doing this doing the that. whole game. So. How many forced fumbles do you have, Robert Mathis? Do you know off the top of your head? 50-something. I'm about, to, I'm about to tell you right now. Well, it's fucking it insane. Taking the over or under? 54. Incredible. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. One of the all-time greats, man. Robert Mathis, appreciate the time, man. Appreciate oh, the thoughts. Thanks for having me. Had a great time. Yeah, yeah dude. Great that. seeing you. Oh, yeah. We still, hate, we, we still hate quarterbacks. We do. We hate quarterbacks. We do, even though I'm on fucking <laughs> vacation with one right now. And we were hanging out with Drew Bledsoe hey, yeah. in the fucking – you know what? Yeah, he's not here right now, though. Fuck, Fuck those him. guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's sweet. All right, Nicole. Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic is with us talking everything college football. I always make fun of Chris in my head for not knowing what week it is in the college football season. <laughs> And here I am set to talk to you, and, and I don't know if it's 9 or 10 or 11. The point it's is – It's 11. You add, 11. add one. Add one to the NFL. Right, and we got week zero, which is now mm -hmm. a thing. But where we are is a sort of neat place where we can begin talking scenarios, and it gets even more intriguing after last night when Pac-12 After Dark does what it does uh, a few hours after Oregon did what it did. But let's start there. Oregon loses, UCLA loses, Jed Fish, Jaden Delora. It was um, something else, especially with uh, the path becoming clearer for UCLA. Was this an inevitability? Is the Pac-12 just going to do this to itself every year? Is there any way mm -hmm. USC can do, get through at UCLA, Notre Dame, Pac-12 title, or are they going to be shut out once again? Yeah, it definitely feels like it's it's almost over. Um, had a feeling that they could cannibalize themselves. Also wondered that about the top of the Big 12, but Pac-12 seemed really ripe for this because a lot of these teams just don't have very effective defenses. Arizona is a chaos team. Like it was it was a great Pac-12 after dark game because Jaden Delora is just like a maniac. I mean, like, you just don't know what happens when he has the ball in his hand. And I, I joked, but I would love to know how many steps he has, especially just from, like, scrambling sideline to sideline and not actually moving forward on the field. Like, he's just 
an incredibly entertaining player to watch. And Arizona's been fun in kind of a generally bad way, again, because defense. But UCLA has had defensive problems. USC does. Utah um, may be the better of the group, but, like, they've had lapses. So it's like Oregon, Washington, everybody, everybody's got problems, which is why the, the Oregon, Washington game is so fun. But yeah, it certainly seems like USC could lose to the Bruins. USC could lose to Notre Dame. USC could lose in the Pac-12 championship game. They're the last chance. They're the last hope for the Pac-12. And, you know, it's been a great season in that league. Like, I think the top half has been really strong and really entertaining. These teams have been really close to each other. But it does feel very likely that they will have cannibalized each other a little too much, and we probably will not have a Pac-12 team in the playoffs. There was an Arizona linebacker who was talking noise to DTR at some point in the first quarter. Arizona had a lead. I don't know if you saw it, but DTR looked at him. And he was like, it's four quarters, pal. And then I just <laughs> hammered UCLA live line because there's no way mm. that they can score at will. And um, um, I am I am um, all the poorer for it because they also can't <laughs> stop anybody. And neither can yes. really – anybody in the conference and uh and, and washington showed out and in, in what was a must-win situation for oregon needless to say uh we go to the top of the cfp rankings and i think you put it well in your column um the big the the big 10 representatives are sort of ho-humming their way to this this clash and i know you have michigan ranked ahead of ohio state in your rankings uh is do you foresee any trouble Michigan home to Illinois next week, Ohio State at Maryland. There's there's no way we don't have an undefeated Ohio State-Michigan game on our hands in two weeks, right? Yeah, I feel pretty confident about that, especially after what we've seen from Maryland the last two weeks. This is a team that they always play well in September and they always struggle in November. Part of it's the schedule, but like Penn State just totally made a statement about the gap, right, of what Maryland is trying to close in, in the East. So, yeah, I'm not worried about that for Ohio State. And then Illinois also has fallen off over the last two weeks. And, you know, maybe some of that was the byproduct of the early schedule, whatever that may be. But, you know, the the, the defense has struggled at times that we weren't used to seeing that. Uh, Chase Brown, not sure his health, his status, um, you know, if even if he were to play, how what percentage healthy would he be? Um, but no, I'm just, I'm, I'm not that worried. I mean, like the things that we talk about with Ohio State and Michigan, we're nitpicking them for when they play each other, for when they play in the college football playoff. Like we are not nitpicking Michigan's vertical passing game or Ohio State's run game and some of the other things. Although Ohio State does need to get these running backs healthy, but like, we're not saying that those are things that are going to cost them a game against the Illinois and Maryland's of the world. We're talking about things that are going to cost them against each other. So yes, I'd be shocked if those teams are not meeting undefeated in two weeks. They have been on a collision course, it's felt like, all season long, but definitely has crystallized, I think, in the last couple of weeks. And, I mean, the Michigan-Illinois game is one of the more interesting games of the the next weekend slate because there's just not a lot. Um, just, I mean, a lot of these contenders just don't have anybody that we think is going to push them. So we'll watch. It, it will be interesting, but I was way more – interested or nervous or expecting a better game out of Illinois probably three weeks ago. And now they've just really fallen back down to earth and they probably cost themselves a trip to the big 10 championship game, which is really sad because they were just an incredible story and having such a great season. But yeah, it certainly feels like they let that one slip and fall out of their hands and just crash onto the floor. I took two pictures for you last night. 
from this uh, TCU Texas telecast. We had first. First one, it was 0-0 for a long time. Last Big 12 game scoreless at half, 2007, Kansas and AM. And as, as, as Kirk said, that's around the Reesing era. That's like not the doldrums of Kansas football. And then when it was 3-0 three, three at halftime, it was fewest combined points in the first half of Big 12 games since 2018, Kansas and K-State. So lots of shots fired at uh, <laughs> your old rock chalk. And now that we've gone five, six minutes without discussing them, I mean, are we just are we covering our eyes – and and peeking out from behind them, waiting to see TCU falter, and and maybe they just won't because they've now proven they can win a different kind of game, um, regardless of what you think of Texas. Night game at Daryl K. Royal, a, a ranked Texas squad, a talented Texas squad, and they go out and get it done. That defensive front, both defensive fronts looked really good, uh, especially early, but the Texas... Texas was getting after Duggan, um, and and now TCU, it's at Baylor, it's Iowa State, and then probably K-State, and they're in the playoff. Is is it time to give TCU its due? Yes. I think that between the college football playoffs, finally ranking them in the top four last week and course correcting, also totally changing their tune, which was hilarious, by the way. I'm sure you guys caught it, but like this idea that oh, you know, we, we kept them behind Alabama because they fall behind in games and they're not balanced. Like, they have a good offense, they have a bad defense. All of a sudden, last week it was, oh, they're so resilient, the way they come back in games, and they're they're so good. You know, the defense really locks down in the second half. It's like, okay, we, we get it. You, you flipped your talking points to now, you know, defend this. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, this is a team that we've all been kind of waiting to see if they would lose. We all waited to see if that defense was going to cost them. Defense won them this game. The defense was great in this game. I mean, they won a low-scoring contest. They weren't trailing. They hung on there at the end. Um, it, they, they've just – they just continue to find ways. And, I, you know, again, like, I just have been thinking a lot about, like, the Pac-12 teams and the lack of defense that we've seen on those teams. Like, I – TCU fits right in. Like, I'd love to see a TCU-Oregon game, right? Like, I just think that the, they're such exciting and fun offensive teams, quarterbacks. But, like, that, they can't really help that that's not – that's this is, this is where they are in the Big 12, and they've been able to win games in different ways. I think they probably have to go undefeated. I mean, I would be very curious to see what the committee would make of, like, a one-loss TCU team. I think Kansas State could be a really challenging matchup again in the conference championship game. Cause some of the teams that they did play to get here were dealing with quarterback injuries in the games that they played them. And that was one of them. Uh, they were down to the third string quarterback when they played K-State last time. So like, that's a good team. I thought all along that they might be the best team in the league, even though they've had losses. So that'll be fun. That'll be interesting. I don't really expect any problems over the next two weeks before the conference championship game, but like we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. I mean, TCU wins out there in the playoff, which is a stunning statement as a team that no one would have thought heading into the season in the first year with a new coach that they'd be in this position, but they 100% are. They control their own destiny here. Can you imagine being Gary Patterson? Just generally, <laughs> not even last tough. night, generally. Well, first of all, have are you aware that he is like also a country music singer? I... I know that – so what, he got let go, left middle of the season last year? 
Yes. And then he started belting out tunes, yeah? So so I think he had a song about leaving TCU, but I think he started this well before. I mean, I feel like this was like a COVID project. Like okay. in quarantine, he started, there was a song called like Take a Step Back. That definitely came out while he was still at TCU. So he's a very interesting guy for sure. Um, but it, it, the whole thing has been really crazy because so many of these TCU players were his players, right? Like we're on the team last year. And then, you know, Texas has had just this up and down season. And then to be on the sidelines in burnt orange, which is still very shocking to see Gary Patterson in that color. Um, just a, a really tough, tough Saturday night for, for Gary Patterson. Although like, again, I, I, he loves Max Duggan. I'm sure he's thrilled for him and she's thrilled for these players. But yeah, it's one of the more awkward and challenging and difficult situations, I would think, as a coach watching your players then have success at a level that they didn't with you. Right. And that they almost did. I mean, he, he clearly he, he built the thing and um, he recruited these guys. And part of me just thinks maybe I'm just a, a butt of a person, but Part of me thinks, yeah, it'd be great if they could just drop one to Baylor next week and I don't have to watch my former team compete for a national championship. But can anybody compete with Georgia? I mean, you talk about wanting to see TCU, Oregon. It seems like all these teams, Tennessee, once you get past the top three, it's like, can we just see these guys play around Robin and and give Georgia another national title. Georgia wins 45-19 at Mississippi State, which felt, I don't know, it's hard to say there are any trap games when you're number one in the country and playing for back-to-back national titles. Uh, But Leach, Starkville, it it had weird vibes, and they handled their business. So, you know, I, I assume you don't see a roadblock for them the rest of the way, though, they will face LSU and Vegas knew Vegas knew putting that line at three and a half at Arkansas for LSU that something was up, but they they survived and uh, and have now advanced in terms of staying in the conversation. Would you give LSU any shot at Georgia in Atlanta? Well, yes, based on things we've seen out of LSU, this is clearly a team that's gotten better um, and Jaden Daniels has figured some stuff out. He was sacked a lot in that game this past weekend, so that's something they got to figure out. I mean, you can't let Georgia's defense just kind of have uh, have its way with with Jaden Daniels. But I do think that that team has gotten better. They've gotten elite. They have elite talent. We we knew that. Um, you know, Her- Harold Perkins Jr. is is a monster, and he's that going to be a monster. He yeah, he's going to be a freshman All American for sure. Um, I, it's, it's so rare that you see like one individual defensive player totally win a game for a team. And he did that. So he's going to be an incredible player. One of the best players, probably like take the throw in the mantle from Will Anderson, right. Of like, you know, the guy that we're going to be talking about in the SEC on the defensive side. But so, you know, you don't want to write them off. You don't want to write them off. I mean, people didn't think they had a chance against Alabama. People, you know, have been hesitant right about brian kelly but this guy can coach he's had a lot of success everywhere he's been they do have a path to the playoff i mean so they've got everything to play for like if they win they beat georgia in the SEC championship game they'll be the first two loss team in the college football playoff um but yeah i mean i, I georgia's going to be the favorite in that game i think everyone's going to expect georgia to, to handle the business but 
Um, and, and if you're a Tennessee fan, that's what you, you need that to happen, right? You need Georgia to continue to beat other people so that your loss doesn't stand out and also neutralizes some of these other opponents. They also got some help. Like if you're a Tennessee fan or you're a Clemson fan or you're rooting for like Michigan, Ohio State, and you want both like the loser of that game to have a chance to play off, the Pac-12 cannibalization is good. You're rooting for TCU to lose at some point here. Um, and then, yeah, you do not want to see LSU beat Georgia because then you're worried Georgia's still going to get in. So there's still like so many different teams lurking and, you know, all of this stuff is interconnected. So uh, you kind of need like that Charlie Day meme of like, like the, you know, all the different strings and all the different like pieces of paper because it's hard to keep track. But, you know, again, I, I just, I do think that Georgia is going to handle their own business and, God, they're just so loaded. I, I thought it's been really interesting. Like Kirby made the point a couple weeks ago that they didn't take anyone out of the transfer portal. So like they lost all these guys to the NFL, but they've done an incredible job recruiting, identifying talent, and then developing that talent where there hasn't been a drop off and the defense is like statistically really similar to where they were last year. It, that, that's incredible. That's like Death Star Alabama level. I mean, now we're talking about Death Star Georgia level. I didn't see the Tennessee-Missouri handshake, but I think this is the one scenario where Hypel can be like, I'm I'm sorry, man. Like, we, we just have to. <laughs> it's a style point situation, and I know it was 28-24 to 24 half an hour ago, and now it's 66-24, and we're calling timeouts with a minute left. But we have to do it. And and maybe they don't. I mean, there there is a conversation to be had between the loser of Ohio State-Michigan with one loss and one loss Tennessee if Georgia keeps winning and TCU keeps winning. Uh, and I don't know if you have a thought on one of those at this point. I Maybe it, mad, it matters margin of defeat with Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah, uh, or maybe just even like how the game feels, plays out. Like, do we think that they're really close? Or do we think that there's a gap? Maybe. I, probably also – depends who wins because I, I think if Michigan loses, they might be in trouble with that non-conference schedule. The committee has made a point to say, yeah. like, you played nobody, and that might be a problem. Ohio State has the, the Notre Dame win, which is getting better and better as the season's gone on. So it, that's probably a better chance if Ohio State loses, that they would have a better chance of making it from the outside. We thought we were rid of Clemson. We, we, we think we are rid of Alabama. We've talked about Clemson and Alabama fatigue. But Clemson, damn it. Um, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get South Carolina. they're uh, they're gonna get Carolina, North Carolina in the ACC title game. A North Carolina team that doesn't blow many teams out, doesn't look spectacular outside of Drake May. Um, who's had a remarkable season, but you know, uh, are we are we okay with regard to Clemson and not wanting to see Clemson in the college football playoff yet again, or or do you think there's a a viable path for the Tigers? I think there's a viable path. I think we need to come to terms with this. Alabama's done. They had two losses when we celebrated on their grave, but also they are eliminated. They they are not playing for an SEC championship. LSU locked it up. They're done. Alabama's not playing for a national championship. Clemson, though, they win out. They'll be a one-loss ACC champion with their only loss coming to Notre Dame, who's in the top 20 this week, who we think might be able to beat USC, right? Like, we that, that loss isn't 
isn't that bad. Yes, it was a blowout. Yes, we we all saw the way that this has played out. We don't necessarily think this is a very good offensive team, and the advanced analytics back that up. Like they're they're okay. Um, pretty good defensive team for the most part. Not as dominant as some of these Clemson teams in, in eras past, but like I just I don't think you can say that you know, if Clemson wins out or even North Carolina, if they went out, like a one loss power five champion is going to be in that picture is going to be parsed through. Like we're going to have that conversation, which is why again, TCU probably needs to be undefeated, but depends, right? Like we need to see how that plays out and, and what the resumes look like. So I just don't, I don't think you can write Clemson off just yet. They need help, but they're already getting it. We already talked about Oregon and UCLA losing, if the Pac-12 goes out of the picture, if TCU loses, like we're going to be talking about that. And when you look at those teams, the Tennessees or the loser of Michigan, Ohio State, they're not conference champions. And that is supposed to be a tiebreaker. So like, it's going to be a factor. They're going to hang around. They're going to be in here. If you don't want Clemson to be in the college football playoff, you need to root for everyone who's playing them between now and Selection Sunday. Keep winning, TCU. Keep piling it on, Josh Heupel. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I don't, I don't think many would trust USC to, to win three in a row, especially after what we just saw from Oregon and UCLA. That's not their fault. All right, Nicole, uh, before we let you go, Cadillac Williams, um, the most electric coach in college football. I don't know if you saw the end of, of Auburn and yep. uh, A&M yesterday, but... Jordan Hare was on fire because Cadillac Williams was was sprinting around the field. Uh, do you have any sense for whether he has a shot at this job? You know, I I wouldn't even be able to handicap that. I mean, probably not, right? I you know, this is Auburn, and you know, part of the the reason that they made a midseason change is like it wasn't cutting it. But how awesome was that? I mean, this this is a program that. Isn't really playing for much at this point. Doesn't have a full time head coach, and packed out the stadium, went nuts. And Cadillac Williams, the post game, like first off, he gets dumped doused in water by his players, who are just so excited. Um, and then the post game interview, you know, I don't know if, if 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 anyone's listening to this and hasn't heard it, it was with Cole Kublik from SEC Network, who was just the perfect person, obviously, for that interview. And it's so emotional and it's just so incredible. And he's like, Auburn ain't dead. You know, like it was just the, the love of that program and the past and the future and the, and the present and all of that just, it, it comes through so much. It was just this incredible scene. I just couldn't turn it off. I mean, like they kept, they just kind of, they covered the post game. They showed the crowd. They showed all of this for like 10, 12 minutes. And I couldn't look away. It was just, it was the most incredible scene, I think, out of anything that happened on Saturday. And I loved it. And it made me think, even if, you know, Cadillac Williams isn't a serious candidate at Auburn, someone's got to hire this guy as a head coach. Like, you could just feel the way that he gets those players to play for him and that he cares for them and cares about them. And it was just, it was incredible. So even if he's not under actual consideration at Auburn, like, somebody hire this man. This man needs to be a head coach. Or the next coach at Auburn, your first call better be to Cadillac Williams. Or that. Got a job for you. Uh, Nicole, thank you. Uh, week 12 on deck. Yes, we have yep. a math right. Yes, math uh, is right. The calm before the storm, and then we can really get to talking um, 
fun scenarios that I hope don't involve the Clemson Tigers. Uh, Nicole, our back of the athletic, thank you as always for joining us on the green light pod without, without C long for 20 minutes. It, it is doable. It can happen. <laughs> thank you for your We're support. allowed to do it. We're allowed to do it without dad. Um, yeah. All right. It was great. Great to chat. Excited to talk next week. Thank you.